What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Case in Punt podcast. Today, we have a special episode. As you guys can see, it's slightly longer than our normal episodes, but we actually brought on four guests to interview about basketball in the NBA season. Uh, just We just wanted to put a little quick disclaimer just beforehand. The first two interviews from Phil and Harry, they were recorded before free agency and the draft even happened. So the takes on there are a little bit outdated, and you'll understand what I mean and why we had to put the disclaimer out here beforehand. But uh, we still thought it was good content, wanted to put out the episode. So thanks again to all our guests for joining, and hope you guys enjoy the episode. Right, we got our first caller here on the line, the first ever caller for the CIP radio show um we got phil my old friend from university of guelph uh you know he was the captain of the swim team there uh lived with him for a, a year a year right yeah just a year yeah just a year uh he hails from the six so uh it's great to have him on the line here how, how you doing phil i'm doing well thanks for having me guys um glad to uh finally make an appearance on, on this podcast yeah that's great a, a lot of my friends and i'm sure with the other guys too all my friends just keep asking me to be on and like what am i coming on what am i doing this especially harry he's really been on me so we're having him yeah. in a couple hours too so um he'll be calling in next that's a little little sneak preview but mm-hmm. um as as we all know uh we're talking about the nba specifically the bubble um this year with un- unfortunately covid19 kicking in and uh forcing the nba to shut off as we all remember with rudy gobert that little mishap uh <laughs> we'll call it that yeah. sure. um, and that led to the league uh, the league being shut down for a couple months until they came back with a bubble at Disney World in Florida and um, I I really liked it uh, I thought it was run really well and obviously there's no positive tests um, they got the families um, in there after a month or so and um, I thought it was really fun what do you think Phil? yeah I thought it was great it was um you know, even looking at the other sports leagues, who I think lots were a bit slower than the NBA to kind of get um, their act together and organize some kind of bubble. Uh, looking at baseball uh, more specifically, it seemed like a bit of a mess. Um, but, you know, I thought it went well. And going into it, uh, I was pretty excited and thought it would be really great. But then you start hearing about it from the players' perspective, something that obviously I don't have a lot of experience with. Um, and hearing that they were concerned about being away from their families for so long. And then, you know, there was the memes about the players, you know, not having like girls around that kind of thing. So um, it ended up being pretty true. I think from some of the um, mishaps that we saw, I know you were right with um, no positive tests, but some people have to leave the bubble for various reasons. And some guys, you know, couldn't control themselves while they're in the bubble. Um, So I think overall, seemed like a really great idea i think it was a bit tough on the players in the end uh obviously haven't spoken to any of them personally so i don't know but that's kind of the reaction that that i got from it but um from a non-personal perspective and thinking about like the players themselves um i think it was fantastic the way they organized it and um how they got it together. My one gripe would be some of the timing on the games for like East coast teams playing playoffs at 9 PM or the regular season bubble games at one in the afternoon was a bit whack if you ask me, but you know, they had to do what they had to do. 
Yeah, it's true. There was a lot of action, but I remember there was a Raptors game. It was like 3 p.m. or something. I'm like, I'm still at work. What's what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I like finished lunch, and I'm like, uh, the Raptors game is starting. I should watch this. Yeah, yeah. it was weird. And uh, I know you mentioned how like we don't really know how the players really felt, but I think Paul George, I think it was him who came out and said that he was shu- he was suffering some some bad depression there in the in the in the bubble, both with just. And it's hard for us to understand because a lot of people say, well, like, you guys have it all. You're at Disney World. You got all the food. You're you're living life over there. But you truly are isolated and away from your family and your kids and a lot of pressure to perform. And you're in there with a really strict schedule. And I'm sure it, it's it's probably a lot harder than um, it, it, it was led to be. Yeah, I think, I think like you said, it was so isolated. And I think it was just became all work being yeah. in the bubble. You know, it's just practice hotel eat rest practice game all of that i I think um for even guys who just played regular season it was um weeks on end if not months if you made a deep playoff run so i think just from being in a hotel and it being all work and no play probably basically um i could see why it would be quite hard it's like a three months long training camp yeah, so I think uh, it was Matisse Thibel who put out like a bunch of vlogs on YouTube. Him and uh, JaVale McGee was another uh, and 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 Brissett on the Raptors. Who? O'Shea from Mississauga. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna pretend I know who he is. Our GTA. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> M- Matisse Thibel put out some vlogs and like the first couple you could really see like he, he was just trying to like showcase like how fun like you know how much fun he was having like he was showing all the moments between uh, Toby and Bobby and. Uh, the cornhole tournament they had, they went and played around to golf, and none of them knew how to golf. So it was just <laughs> hilarious watching these pro athletes just look like just you know gym class heroes just on the on the course. Um, but then like you got to see like the other side of it where they're just exhausted all the time. They you know they they're facetiming their families all the time. Mm-hmm. They're you know they're in meetings about BLM. Um, and so that part was just kind of like you know eye opening. It was like, like the NHL commentator that got canned for saying uh, what he did. I don't think we'll repeat yeah. that here, but yeah. you know, saying like it's a player's paradise. Like it kind of is. You're surrounded by your sport. You're surrounded by your teammates, but at the same time, being away from your family would just be terrible, especially for the Lakers and the um, uh, and the Heat having to be there for what four months. Yeah, away from your families, away from your kids, and everything like that. That'd be so tough. And a lot of kids got to come. I think I yeah. remember Jimmy Butler saying, "Like this is a this is a business trip. Like no no family for me here." So people like that. Yeah, he's built different. I'm telling you, he's, he's built, <laughs> he's built different. different. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of the the finals, um, what would you think of the finals? Uh, Lakers and Heat. I don't think many people had the Heat making it that far, but um, they. I think they. Uh, I mean, took it to six games. I thought that was a pretty good showing there for. Uh, for the heat what do you think yeah for sure um i think i definitely did not have the heat making it that far um but but yeah it's definitely a great like off season and run in the hole for them i because i was always looking forward with the perspective of the raptors right i was like the raptors would play the heat um at any point I thought it was kind of going to be bad news because I think they had our number at the ACC, um, Scotiabank Green and Alva, always call it the ACC, um, in the regular season. And um, I knew they were tough, but I didn't think they were that tough. Like, I was surprised. Um, I'm no basketball savant, but um, I think they played really well, but the Lakers were really good. And I think for them to take it to six games was uh, a bit more than – I think they – 
they did more than what a lot of people even expected once they got even to the finals. I think six is really good for them. I was kind of expecting five, honestly. So they squeaked one out there, in my opinion. I think that has like so much to do with just Jimmy Butler. Uh, he's his whole career, oh, yeah. you know, being the second round pick, uh, bouncing from team to team, people calling him a problem. You know, then he like goes to Minnesota, beats all Minnesota starters with you know the Minnesota backups, which is one of my all time favorite basketball stories. Um, but then he comes into this Miami team. Miami was what like a six seed, um, can some like fifth seed, six seed, something like that. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't. A, they weren't a top four seed. I don't think so. Um, and it like if you look at the roster, like they have Bam Adebayo, who's still young and up and coming, but he's good. Tyler Harrow is Tyler Harrow. Everyone knows he's a bucket. But it, it was Jimmy Butler that is the reason that they made it to the finals. Jimmy Butler's the reason they pushed the Lakers to six, and that's a good Lakers team. Like Anthony Davis, LeBron James are two of the best players in the NBA right now. Yeah, like 100%. two of them, they're top five and not five, mm-hmm. right? So it it the amount of pressure that was on Jimmy Butler's shoulders, and like he he proved. And I think just in the bubble alone that he's a superstar. Yeah, 100%. I think he's a superstar. I think that will attract some really good free agents to Miami because they want to be a part of this uh, Jimmy Buckets experience. Just work work your ass off and get rewarded for it and have some fun doing it. So it'll be interesting to see what the Heat do in the offseason. Uh, I know I'm talking with, I think, Harry about um, the Bucks and uh, the Giannis situation. And I think... Um, Part of that will be, will Giannis go to Miami? Because it was in the bubble um, that came out that the Miami and the Raptors were the two teams going to pursue Giannis in the offseason. So we'll see what Miami does. Uh, is that is that who you think the Heat need to take it to the a championship, Phil, or do they need more? Oof, who knows? I mean, with Giannis in there, I think that would be pretty tough. Between him and, and Jimmy is like a very strong top two. And uh, with Tyler Harrow as well, like that's that would be an incredible team, and I think a guaranteed one seed in the East. So the um, Raptors are not at that level if that comes to it, and I think it's anybody's game in the finals, no matter who they play. If that that ends up being the the scenario, but right now can't picture Giannis in a Heat jersey. That's a bit weird to me, but um, yeah, I think they need something like that. It's. I mean, Raptors pulled it off. I like to think last year with Kyle kind of being that number two, like, tough guy in the playoffs. But with uh, um, but without him, kind of just having the one guy, the Raptors this year, I think that's what we saw. And I think Miami just needs that. Either Tyler Harrow taking a big next step or bringing in some kind of superstar to make that big one-two punch. Because I think in the NBA, you need to – you can't do it with just one guy. I think Giannis on the Heat is just terrifying just because – He's the number one option He on any team that he goes to. He'll be the number one scoring option for sure. But then you just think about the pieces that he, he would have around him. He has a stretch five in Bam Adebayo, just a guy that can score from the center position. You have Jimmy Butler running the three probably. Tyler Harrow, flamethrower. Yeah. And then Duncan Robinson as well is a guy that's just an absolute flamethrower. The guy just lights it up from behind the behind the arc. And, so, and Canadian Kelly Olenek. And Canadian Kelly Olenek. Um, so it, that's scary. That's like, you know, they took... The Lakers, who are such a stack roster, took them to six. I think it's five games for the for the <laughs> Heat if uh, if Giannis goes to the Heat. Yeah, so much youth on that team too, which is yeah. why Miami is such a good team to get behind right now um, because they're just so young and will continue to succeed um, even if Jimmy tapers off with age or whatever. So 
But right now, I think Heat are definitely a team to watch out for. And especially with the Nets coming into fruition, um, they're going to really want to stack up the team. So it's the Heat versus Nets kind of running the East. And with Boston, I mean, Boston, Philly, and the Raptors kind of clinging on to middle of the pack there. So anyways, we'll move on to our main topic, which is um, each each of our four callers has uh, a main topic we're going to be talking about. Um, Phil's topic is the emergence of young stars in the bubble. So we'll start with one person who did not get to play in the playoffs this year on the Phoenix Suns, but he had a a pretty good showing, I must say, in the in the what was it in the eight games that he played in the bubble. That's Devin Booker. Take take me through what what you saw, Phil. Yeah, I think everybody knew going into this that Booker is lethal. Like seventy point game a year or two ago, uh, absolute walking bucket but I think just even with how the Suns played in and Booker specifically in this bubble was I think took everyone by surprise and I think showed that Booker is like he deserves to be in that conversation for some of the best players in the league um he just needs he honestly just needs some help I know that's the cliche but um that's a lot to shoulder and he could probably become that kind of guy to carry a team all by himself like a LeBron or a Kobe or something like that but um not saying he's going to be one of the greatest players of all time when it's all said and done but he has that ability to take over a game um with you know he averaged what 30 points a game uh over the bubble and just insane shooting percentages as well i think with 50 percent from the field it's um he's just almost generational talent i think it's fair to say And, and it was pretty awesome to see the suns playing so well i think everyone could get behind that yeah, for sure. I think he definitely he definitely either needs to get out of Phoenix or they need to get him some help. One of those two, um, because I, I really do want to see um, Booker in the playoffs and just set it on fire. You know, he's he he makes it rain like almost nobody else. You know, if but you still got you know the Curries and I think Booker and Trey Young both two real kind of guys. I I lump into the same category of just young young fire shooters. Like I I love watching both of them play, but. I like Devin Booker a little bit better. Um, Keith, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I, I've I've been such a big uh, fan of Devin Booker uh, for so long. He's just one of those guys that he's just so likable. Like he he plays with like just, you know he's so intense about it, and he's just stuck in probably for the last what how many years he's been in the league? Five years. Um, he's been stuck in the worst situation possible. The yeah. Suns have had zero talent on their roster. They finally drafted DeAndre Ayton. He looks like he'll be good. Um, but the, the one thing that sucked so bad and I hated watching it was he went eight, no in the bubble and it like, yeah. the, the, you know, and to still not make the playoffs, they did literally everything possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, to not, to not make the playoffs is like almost a travesty at that point. Yeah. They're on fire yeah. and he gave it his all just came up short. Cause you know, that's the way it goes sometimes in the regular season. Obviously yeah. he didn't do the best before the, before COVID, but, um, one of my one of my all time favorite Devin Booker stories is there was one year all his team like went out they went out like partying drinking like to, to like a club after something, but he was nineteen when he got drafted and obviously Canada nineteen's the drinking age but in the states it's twenty one mm-hmm. so he had to stay home and play video games after dropping <laughs> like fifty points or something like that and all his team went out and partied <laughs> I think that's just so funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Good good guy all around. That's what you want on your team. Um, any last thoughts there before we move on to our last, next player? Yeah, I mean, he's 
got a shout out in a Drake song. I don't know if that if that doesn't mean you're sick at what you do. Then yeah, I don't know what does. Yeah, you made it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> When's the case and punch shout out coming from though yeah. on a Drake track? We need a yeah. <laughs> Booker to Toronto confirmed. Anyways, uh, our next player. Yeah. Again, like, I'm not saying that this is this is where the emerge as stars. I just I'm, I just mean that um. Out of all the young people, these young people really shined in the bubble on the on the center stage. Next up, we have on Dallas Mavericks, young stud, one of the best in the league in my opinion, Luka Doncic. Um, where's he from, Phil? Is he from? Uh, so he's from Slovenia. So he plays for Slovenia, but um, it's a mixed place or like just that region and the Balkans there. And I think his parents are technically Serbian. But they moved to Slovenia at some point, so he plays for Slovenia. Oh, so I was going to give you a shout out there for a, a Serbian yeah. connection, but I mean, I still root for him because, like, I think that's where the roots are. That's where the blood is. Um, yeah, I think he's uh, Slovenian by nationality. Unfortunately, though, if he played for Serbia, I would be hyped. He, uh, but, um... his his parents are also Slovenian, so he's oh. a. Uh, okay. His father is Slovenian so from Serbian descent, okay. but his mom's fully Slovenian. So there's blood. Yeah. There's blood there. There's, yeah, a connection. Like, There's a connection. There's, we can call him Serbian for the for the point of this podcast. It's there. <laughs> for this one call. Yeah, um, yeah I, I love Luca, honestly. Uh, I think one of the best young young studs. Um he came during the in the seven games he played in the regular season in the bubble, uh he was almost at thirty six minutes per game, thirty points per game, um, shooting forty eight percent from the field goal. Uh, from the field, not the field goal. And um <laughs> 30 from 30 percent from three point and then he just took it to a whole new level in the playoffs um they went to six with what was it the clippers yeah so, so unfortunately first round exit but he balled out there playing 36 minutes per game 31 points per game snagging 9.8 rebounds and 8.7 assists um i think he's just so complete as a player because he can score and shoot the three but his his playmaking his passes were unreal from from what i saw in the bubble Again, you talk about you talk about a likable player. The, the first name that you think of is Luka Doncic. Everybody loves the guy. Um, yeah. I I mean, other than maybe Atlanta Hawks fans, just because they got. I mean, they got Trey Young out of it, but yeah. I would a hundred percent, ten out of ten times, I'm taking Luka Doncic. He um, he like I said in the Andrew Bailey episode, I think the Dallas Mavericks are the team of the future with Kristaps being 24, Luka being 21. Like that's that's just insane mm-hmm. that they're so young and so talented, but. Like there's not there's not too much else you can say about Luca than how great he is. Um, I had him and Giannis on my fantasy team this year. Oh, what? I had both of them, uh, and I I still only got like third by the time things wrapped up because the rest of my team sucked. But that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. Well, stack a little, little too heavy, but yeah, I don't know. Looking at his stats, like what over uh, bubble regular season and what he played in the playoffs, he's almost averaging a triple double. Like how yeah. old is he? Like he's already one of the best players in the league and. Um, yeah, with Dallas, I know Atlanta fans are going to be salty, like some at least. Obviously, they all love Trey Young and that they're happy that they got him, but they're going to be salty that they didn't get Luka to an extent. But um, I can't see him. I mean, he would have been great in Atlanta, but I almost can't see him doing what he's doing now if he was in Atlanta and not Dallas. I think Dallas just was a little bit of a stronger team. And just that there's all those Euro players going to Dallas. I don't know what Mark Cuban loves <laughs> European players so much. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that there's a place for them uh, in the NBA, but even with uh, the Canadian Dwight Powell there, he's not too bad as well. It's, it's a good time for, for Mavs fans uh, looking forward. And 
yeah, Doncic has got to be, I don't know, it's tough to rank players every season. Uh, form plays so much into recency bias there in Dublin. You rank them, but he's got to be, you know, for sure, top 10, probably top five as well, in my opinion. Yeah, it, no, no doubt. Um, I think one thing, though, like, the you actually made a really good point. Like, I don't know if Luca would have succeeded as much as he did in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but I don't know if Trey Young would have succeeded as much in Dallas either. So I think the yeah. trade, like Trey Young, ends up being a fantastic player because he's a guy that, at, like at Oklahoma, he was used to the spotlight. He he's just letting like you know used to having full control of the offense. So I think like it's a perfect scenario for both players. I think either of them in the opposite situation might not be as good as they are today. Yeah, I think it's a good point. Trey Young kind of has that license, especially with the way he plays with the deep threes. To kind of, I mean, they probably would have gave it to him in Dallas too, but just with the way Atlanta is, they're, yeah. I mean, they're still playing competitive basketball games, but they're not playing for much given like the quality of their team. And look, I mean, Trey's got that free free reign to just kind of shoot and play his game. Exactly. So. Yeah, for real. So I can't wait to watch Luca grow even more and get better and better and i think him and Giannis are just going to run the league when uh, when they're in their prime and the the old vets or the old grandpas are out of the league um well, the brown well, yeah. will be 41 and you think his career is gonna like be over like after Bronny's career <laughs> probably <laughs> i think he's looking for that honestly he, he spends like not to get super off topic here but this is just kind of how things go uh, he's like J.R. Smith said he spends over two million dollars a year on his body, yeah, I and I was thinking about that. I'm like, I can't believe it's not more. Like he's obviously loaded. Like the guy has money to blow, and like it makes sense that he spends that much. He's how old? 30, 35, 36? Uh, yeah, around thirty six. Yeah, around thirty six. I think now. Somewhere around there. Like, I don't remember. He's old, and his game yeah. has just not deteriorated. He's mm-hmm. still driving like no other. He's still, you know, like playing super aggressively. Chase down blocks. Chase down blocks. He's throwing down hammers every game. Like, he doesn't show any signs of slowing down. So, what's what's to say, especially with, like, you know, the one and dones that happen so often in basketball, what's to say he and Bronny don't end up playing on the same team? I think they will. And so, I hopefully, think so cool. so hopefully the Raptors draft Bronny and then we can get LeBron on the, on the team. Okay, man. Le- Le- <laughs> that would be the true LeBron to then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, reverse LeBron to. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Uh, we spoke about this guy earlier, um, rookie. I don't know what's he out of. Do you know where he, where he, where uh, he came K- from? Kentucky. 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 Yeah. Out of Kentucky, uh, Tyler Harrow. It's Harrow, right? Hero. I call him Hero because he's he's my hero. <laughs> I'll stop I'm sorry. I'm sorry, class. Um, uh, yeah, he really, really, really came out in the playoffs. Um, uh, athletically, I mean. Um, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> you can see, I think he he was mostly off the bench the whole season, and even in the playoffs a bit. In the in the regular season bubble, he was at <laughs> his eight games. He was only averaging um seventeen points. And that one, uh, oh well, in, in the playoffs, okay, it, it went down in points. It went down to sixteen, but he had huge, huge games. So I think. Still, he's still a little bit away from being that consistent scorer because he was a little bit streaky and inconsistent in the playoffs that I saw. Because he had that huge game I have here, his thirty-seven point game against Boston, and but then he would have the next game he'd have like ten or twelve. So I think he showed great potential, which is great for the Heat. And he's still a rookie, which you know you're not expecting anything huge out of him. But um, 
I think he still has to work on, you know, that con consistency and how they're going to work, work him into the game plan. Maybe he'll be starting from now on, which they did that versus, I think, Boston in, in the finals. So we'll see. What would you see, Phil? Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to think that he's a rookie. Like, uh, and you mentioned, I almost feel like he should be in his second or third year, kind of what he was, how he was playing uh, a lot more maturely in the playoffs. But I think he played – what was it over 20 25 games in the playoffs like that is insane experience for a rookie especially he's probably starting most of them i don't know for, for a fact but um yeah his stats may have gone down a little bit but that's to basically stay even from what's regular season games to playoff games and especially on a much larger sample size like if we're just talking bubble um for a rookie to do that, I think is super impressive. It says a lot about who he is with that, especially with that 37 point game against Boston where the heat just absolutely rolled over them. But, um, partly thanks to, to his play, but, um, I think he just needs to fill out a little bit. Like you said, he was a little bit inconsistent there, but he's going to grow like men keep growing until like their early twenties for sure, almost into their mid twenties and just maturing in terms of strength. Like you'll get that dad strength, I'm sure at some point. <laughs> and um, when he gets stronger and a lot more uh, like time training with an NBA team, especially with the heat and sure all the training hours that they put in, like he's going to be uh, very scary, like super athletic, but he's just, he's skinny. Like he's a kid right now. And yeah. to play the way he does against grown men in the NBA is something else. Fun fact about him is he can't swim. Oh, mm -hmm. oh. I can teach him then. Yeah. Let's get him on the pod and you can teach him. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. We'll, we'll set that up. Tyler, Tyler, if you're listening, um, I'll come down to Miami and we'll, um, do some, we'll do some swim classes. I think Jimmy Butler can't swim either. It's him or Bam out of bio. They did a video and I think one, like one of the two of them can't swim. So, oh. I'll, I'll I'll just be the team Aqua Fit instructor, yeah. I guess. There you go. Bring bring me in there you Miami go. with Kelly. Uh, there with Kelly Olenek. Yeah, that, there's my connection. Yeah, yeah, I'll just go to his house after this. I'll just I'll just text Kelly. Oh, yeah. you have his yeah. number? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll just well, shoot him a quick text. We'll just do that. Maybe after. Snapchat him. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Um. So yeah, there's Tyler and La and not to mention the snarl he did. I'm just gonna throw it out there, not to talk about it. Just... What would he go? Oh, for 16 <laughs> hits one and then just throws up the nastiest snarl Nasty out there. Nasty snarl. I was. I don't know if I was. I don't know if, did, did Heat fans like it? Happy they, Halloween, that's look, scary. That was very... I'm nice. sure they loved it. It was all over Instagram, yeah. uh, but... Yeah, that, that stank face was pretty <laughs> bold for, for the game that he was playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's... I don't know if you guys, well, if you guys remember Dion Waiters. Uh, I think he said one of my favorite quotes of all time. He goes, if I'm 0 for 14 and I'm coming up the court, I'm shooting and I'm going for 15. Because if you have that attitude where, like, you know, you're going to start passing the ball off, your game's going to be off. You can go on a cold streak. Like you need to make one and get going again. So to have that confidence, to have that swagger, I think that's something you need, especially in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I understand. It's because basketball is a huge game of momentum. Yeah. Um, that and uh, – I used to play volleyball, and volleyball is a ton of momentum. Like every point you score, the momentum changes. But also basketball, if you can – if you're down by whatever – 10 15 whatever uh you can easily go on a 10-0 12-0 run like it just like that it can be like a three-pointer turnover three-pointer there's six points right there so tons of momentum and anything you can do i wouldn't do the snarl in my <laughs> i don't think i would or do a little better but um hey it, it worked for him in the moment so yeah and i think i think like it, like you guys said with the 
you have to have that confidence. Like what Waiter said, like the guy's a walking meme, but like, he's right there. Like you think about all the great shooters, they they always shoot. They take a lot of shots, whether it's a good night or a bad night. Um, but you think about a guy who I think lets that get to him is uh, old fan favorite here in Toronto, Danny Green. Like, yeah. I think I think he lets it get to him. Like he doesn't have that same confidence that a lot of these guys have, um, and you can kind of see the effect there. Like he honestly just he doesn't have his good streaks. He's only on the bad streaks because I think he lets it get to him. Yeah, I think we saw that too a bit with Pandemic P, because I some of the, the games sometimes he was only putting up like five shots in some of the playoff games. Like he wasn't shooting at all because he, he let that get to him. So, which pandemic P, Paul George or Pascal Siakam? Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, Fair could, enough. Could, could oh. be both. It'll it'll play. It'll it'll play. <laughs> it'll play. All right. I think we should move on okay. to our favorite one on the list, the good Canadian yeah, kid. Yeah, good Canadian kid. Number last on the list before we wrap this up and move to our next caller, we got Jamal Murray. Um, <laughs> thank you very much on the on the Denver Nuggets over there with Kitchener, Kitch Kitchener, Ontario. Um. <laughs> Is he Brampton? Brampton man? Is he actually Kitchener? I thought it was Brampton. No, he's Kitchener. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's Kitchener. Kitchener. All right, all right. Could have moved. I'll do a quick fact check when I'm back. Sure I'll keep Kitchener. talking. Yeah. Uh, in the bubble, played four games, 25 minutes, uh, 14 points per game. So not, not nothing crazy. Four rebounds, four assists. And then the playoffs hit. Oh my goodness. So he went from 14 points per game in four games. So it's not a huge sample size, but still not not you know not a crazy score. He went up to, they played 23 games. He averaged almost 40 minutes per game. And he went up all the way up to 26.5 points per game, shooting over 50% from the field, over 45% from three, 90% on the free throw line. And had about five rebounds and up to 6.6 assists. He went from 72nd in scoring in the bubble to 10th in scoring in the playoffs, which is just insane. Um, I love seeing him go off. It, it kind of came out of nowhere, too, kind of like TJ Warren. But um, us Canadians, we had we had faith in him. Uh, what did you see, Phil? Yeah, I was super impressed with how he played in the playoffs. I always thought he was good. Like him, um, between him and Jokic on the Nuggets, shout out to uh, a great player in the league and even better that he's a Serb. Um, but yeah, Murray, with those games against Utah, what he was averaging over 40 points a game in uh, that series probably. Yeah. Um, I think he just between a four game stretch of his highlights, it's almost 45 points a game, which is nuts. Like score 40 points in a regular season game. That's something the average that in the yeah. playoffs is something else. Like if Denver, I know they weren't really close in the end, but mm-hmm. if they win like the, the playoffs at the end of the day and they're champions, you look back at a guy's series like that and, that's like immortalized like that's like a michael jordan kind of performance and i think that's why he's like our own real maple jordan i know andrew riggins <laughs> was hogging that nickname for a while but he lost it he's <laughs> the new maple jordan yeah wiggins has no claim to the maple jordan we have maple tron in the nfl we have uh, maple jordan and that's jamal murray for sure uh one thing i really want to uh point out though is in the playoffs jamal murray ended up hitting like as close as you could without getting it 50 40 90 club so 50 percent from 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 the field 40 percent from three and he was 89.7 percent from the free throw line uh, so that's close to 50 40 90 yeah that's um that's efficiency right like you see like his his numbers are through the roof like it's just plays point totals his point per games through the roof but to do it on such good efficiency is is something that's amazing 
Uh, that's something that needs to be pointed out just to, you know, really show. It's not too many players that hit that 50-40-90. None of the other four players that we, or three players that we talked about have hit 50-40-90. Yeah, and he was taking really smart shots from what I saw at least. Yeah. Um, which, you know, adds to the efficiency side of it. But he was just knocking down everything. It was insane. It, it, it was really cool seeing, like, oh, this guy's not a superstar, and he's going off like this. Who's this Jamal guy? Um, so the whole time, I was just like, calm down, Jamal. Don't pelt the nine. You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> nah, a little, little reference. A little, there. little TikTok reference. TikTok. <laughs> yeah. For, the, for the kids. That's for, for the kids. That's for the for culture. The, that's for the youth. Yeah. <laughs> we're, t- we're talking about the young studs. We got to talk about. Uh, yeah. Throw <laughs> some references. We got to make some references. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I oops, oops. <laughs> drop kick the table there. Um, but uh, I uh, I can't wait to see. Hopefully, he can keep that up next year and really step up his game, and we can see that in the regular season. But uh. Yeah, the Nuggets were the comeback kids the entire time. Just you know, oh, going down three one, going down three one. What twice? Yes, twice. And almost. Just, and, and, just, and then they were down three one. And they were down three one. It couldn't make the comeback. Yeah. But it's it, like I think that was probably my favorite meme of the uh, of the playoffs was. Uh, you know Jamal Murray's girl getting invited to the bubble, and then all of a sudden yeah. his game just switches, <laughs> and uh, he's he's just absolutely lighting it up. Uh, that's yeah, that, that one was funny. That's a good one. Well, it's also just like every time the the Nuggets went down three one, everyone's memeing just like, and now the Nuggets have them exactly where they want. Yeah, like yeah, that's, yeah that was another position. good one. That was another good one. Yeah. Imagine, imagine like having a team or being up three one and being more worried than if you were down three one. Yeah, for that season, statistically, you're more likely to lose against the Denver, against Denver when you're up 3-1 than That's anything crazy. else. It's Kevin Durant is somewhere punching the air right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy how, how sports work sometimes. Absolutely. But um, with that, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Went a, a little overboard, so we're, we're going to have to cut back someone else's time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Harry's, Harry's getting five minutes. Harry, Harry's getting five minutes. Um. But, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, Phil. First ever radio show call-in here today. I, I think that was, I went I went really well and uh, got some, a lot of good talking points there. Um, I'd love to visit revisit these takes. We didn't really make any takes, but uh, hopefully all these stars continue to, to grow and become superstars someday, if they aren't already, like Luca. But um, we will be tracking their progress and maybe do a little recap in 10 years. <laughs> Phil, one, uh, one last thing. What are your thoughts on the Raptors New Jerseys? Um, they're good. They're good jerseys, but honestly, it wasn't that impressed. I think the one Jordan one is probably the strongest one, in my opinion. Uh, I'm probably a little bit on the outside here. I'm not actually crazy about the like the North jerseys. Uh, I prefer like the classic, uh, or not really classic, but the the Raptors jerseys, the the home red ones that I think the Raptors wore a lot during their championship season. Um, And then I just think they need to lean on the old retro Raptor more. But they're solid jerseys. I look forward to seeing the uh, the Jordan one in play, and that's really my only favorite. Yeah. I still, I'm just still such a big fan of those purple ones, the throwback Vince Carter era. I love those. Uh, like you have the coolest mascot in I think all of sports with a raptor, <laughs> yeah. and you just don't have it on your jersey. That's a that's yeah. that's just a, that's stupid at that point. In the court too with the claw marks yeah. in it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, um, so, so good. good branding. Good branding. I think I don't think they've released the 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 next two jerseys because they had the three and they had the OVO black and gold one. Yep, mm. it hasn't come out yet. And then there's a purple one. 
that there was. I don't think they. I would have seen, seen it. Yeah, that'll be their their city jersey, the throwback, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully those are good and didn't modernize it too much. But um, I mean, obviously OVO, but more so the purple one. But um, yeah. Um, I think we'll talk about the Raptors more with our other guests. Um, but uh, hopefully they uh, don't slide too much after this year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, remains to be seen what happens with them with uh, Mark Gunnell and some other pieces probably need to get moved around and some expiring contracts over the next season. It'll be interesting to see for sure, but I don't want to take any, up any more of your time here, guys. Yeah. No, we're a bit over already. Nah, it's fine. This is a great episode. No or a great, great piece of the episode. Good piece so, of the episode. Phil, thanks so much for calling in, and uh, yeah, hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Maybe we'll get you on for like a whole a whole episode. Yeah. Right. yeah, after I'd every very every, much after, be down. Man. After every NBA season, we'll do a little NBA recap <laughs> with the basketball boys. So yeah, absolutely. Maybe you'll earn. This is the tryouts actually for that for that episode. So <laughs> yeah, it's just Brady and I here today. We're actually looking for two new members to fill yeah. in for the podcast. So uh... our new basketball podcast. Yeah. Case and bucket. Case and bucket. That's a good one. Yeah. All um, right, Phil. Thanks so much. Yeah. Man. All right. Yeah, yeah, no problem, guys. By. All right. Take it easy. Second caller, he's calling in from all the way from uh, I don't know where are you? Uh, right now I'm in Port Perry. Port Perry, big old yeah. PP as they call it, not the power play. <laughs> Port Perry. Uh, second caller on the radio show today, the NBA recap 2020 season bubble edition. Um, we got my my best friend, one of them. I, I can't say that with Keish here because um, one of them he'll get upset. I was just about to say like you, you can introduce the guest man. That's fine too. Harry, <laughs> Harry from the mental corner, everybody, give it up. Going on, what's going on? Happy to be here finally on Case and Punt. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we've been trying to get you on for a while. You've, you're just way too busy, um, always turning us down um, because <laughs> you have you know much bigger platform than us, better guests. Um, no offense to our guests, but they're just they don't compare to you, yeah. your guests. Um, so you're doing great things. We'll talk about that later. You do a little plug at the end, but we're here to talk basketball. Okay. Um, yes, sir. So uh, well, yeah, uh, specifically the bubble we're talking about this this episode. So w- what did you think about the bubble? What, overall thoughts? Uh, what what'd you like? What didn't you like? Um, how could it be improved upon in the future? Etc. Yeah, um, I actually I've heard a lot of mixed things about the bubble. I really liked it. Um, if you look at other sports teams like uh, you know NFL and baseball and hockey, I think the NBA did probably the best job in terms of controlling, you know, the virus and like outbreaks and also like just making the team feel comfortable, like the players comfortable. Um, Obviously when you go down there and your sole focus is basketball and you don't have any, like, like they had fishing and, you know, the pools and everything, but these players usual kind of outlets aren't there anymore. So it's going to be stressful regardless. And if they can find a different way to maybe incorporate some of those in the future, that'd be awesome. But overall, I think they did a great job. Um, I wasn't sold on the virtual fans at first and the fake crowd noises. I thought it was really corny, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you got used to it, it sounded like a normal game. Some of the people had fun with it in the virtual crowd. They were wearing costumes. You had celebrities in there. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I just thought, I thought they did a great job, honestly. Um, one thing I want to like talk about really quick with you, especially with your, uh, your podcast and your platform, which will mm-hmm. definitely plug pretty big at the end, at the end of this, uh, 
uh, pa- or Paul George, uh, I almost called him Pandemic P. He uh, he talked about like the <laughs> struggles of uh, like the the bubble it- itself, and like you know he was going through some like mental anguish at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to like hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I I thought that was pretty cool of him to do. Um, it obviously was not easy, especially you know being a male athlete. It's kind of hard to open up, especially when the whole world is watching you and you've you know you got this team that's relying on you, especially a team like the Clippers who everyone was like, they're going to win the title. It's a lot of pressure. Um, And then I know when he opened up and he was talking about that, a lot of people came at him and were like, this is just an excuse. You're just saying that because you had a bad game. So I don't think that was very fair. Um, And kind of just shows that we still have a long way to go in terms of talking about mental health in just people in general, but also males and male athletes. Um, you know, all this talk of, oh, you're just making an excuse is kind of the reason a lot of people hide how they feel to begin with. Um, but I thought it was super cool of him to do. Um, I really hope that he gets better. Um, I'm sure blowing a 3-1 lead didn't help things. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I wish him the best. And I thought it was pretty cool of him to do. Yeah, yeah well, for real. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he'll rebound. Like, like he did like in the playoffs. He did come back with a couple... Really mm-hmm. big, really big games, which um I knew he would. So that was really good that uh he got that good, and uh, I think that team has a lot to sort through because they were kind of concerned about are they going to run it back, are they going to tr- you know uh, change the team around or something. So we'll see what they want to do. Um, right. But uh, I think um at least Paul George wants to run it back from what I've heard. So mm-hmm. they'll. They'll they'll calm down. We'll from... see we'll see if Kawhi lets him run it back, but uh... oh yeah, he's the he's the real man over <laughs> he's there. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> please please come back. Um, I'll I'll text I'll text him after this. Yeah and yeah. uh yeah yeah I'll I'll see um what 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 uh what Wise thinking. It's really a terrible joke. Yeah, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do it in every single. Yeah. Okay. We'll yeah. do that. So okay. Paul George is this one. Yeah. Jamal Murray was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, Kelly. Oh, Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. yeah, that was the other one. Anyways, um, so there's that. Um, the finals, Heat versus uh, Lakers. You got the Heat taking them all the way to game six. Uh, a few people didn't really like the matchup at first, but Jimmy Buckets just really showed how much of a dog he is putting his um, body on the line out there, um, at least in basketball terms. Um, <laughs> what what did you think about the, that matchup and how, how it played out and LeBron winning his fourth? Yeah, fourth. Yeah, um, I was one of those people who wasn't convinced on the matchup at first. Um, the only thing I was happy about was that the Celtics didn't move on. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, I didn't care who won after that. Yeah, I was like, as long as the Heat beat the Celtics, I'm happy with whatever matchup is going on. I was also kind of salty the Nuggets didn't make it, but you can't. It's LeBron, so I'm happy for him. Uh, so I wasn't really sold on the matchup at first, just because... Miami is a bunch of dogs and like underdogs are really good and they're scrappy and they're like, they will play hard, but they're small. Mm-hmm. So I like Bam's one of their bigger guys. And so is Kelly. And when you're going against a team that has Dwight, JaVale, AD, LeBron and uh, Jared Dudley, of course, like it's just, it's really hard um, to see how that would be an even matchup. But I thought they did a great job um, with their quote unquote small ball. Um, Jimmy is a, f- a freaking goat. That was yeah. Some of some of those games were insane. They were so fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. With, he, oh. Go for it. Uh, yeah. So with our with our previous caller Phil, 
Um, we talked about how Jimmy Butler just solidified himself as a superstar. And I think something that, that kind of gets, like, that I forgot uh, quite often was the Heat dealt with a ton of injuries throughout that series. Yeah. Like, uh, Bam was hurt. Drogic. Uh, Drogic was hurt. Uh, and those are guys that play significant minutes. Yeah. Right? So, to, you know, take them to six and not have a full healthy roster, that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that first game, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a sweep. Yeah. Because Bam and Gra- yeah. Dragic both went out, and Jimmy looked, like, beat up. Yeah. But So he they was... beat a lot of people's expectations. Jimmy was, I think, the one game. He played the entire game except, was it, like, 40 seconds, 30 seconds he came off for? He's a dog, mm-hmm. man. He's a dog. Yeah, so kudos Crazy. to him. Uh, we'll, we'll see what the Heat will do next year. I think they... Uh, they're a real threat right now. Um, they got a real, real, real good young core. We talked about that with Phil. Yeah. Um, so don't go too much into it, but um, it's gonna be interesting <laughs> to see what they do with that really young core while having a couple of vet presence presences in uh, Dragic and Jimmy Buckets. So there's that. Harry, you're a huge Raptors fan. Um, take me um, through what went wrong in the Boston Celtics series. Uh, well, um. I think for starters, uh, and this is a fair, you know, reason, but the whole, um, I think the whole conversation about Black Lives Matter, like that whole movement yeah. really jumped up a notch before that series started. Um, uh, I don't, it, Jacob Blake, I think the shooting of Jacob Blake happened right before um, game one. I could be wrong the here. The day before, the I think it was. I uh, think I'm right. I think that it was like the day before, or I don't think it was the day of, but I don't know what to Google to find that really yeah. quickly. But uh, yeah, it was it was right around that time. So it was right around that time, and like you could tell, obvious of course, the players were you know frustrated and distraught, and like it, it's hard to be in a bubble when all of this is going on on the outside. So I just I think I, I don't want to make excuses, but I just don't think their hearts were fully into it, which is completely fine. Um, so I think there's that, but there's also, I think the Celtics kind of exposed the fact that Toronto needs more size, Yeah. but they need, they need quicker size. Like it, I don't understand one thing. I'm not an NBA coach, obviously, <laughs> but I don't understand why uh, Ibaka didn't get more minutes. Yeah. They're playing Gasol a bit too much for my liking. I love Gasol. Yeah. Mar- Harry, that's your favorite player. Dude, but... I, I love big daddy Spain, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's just not fast enough. Yeah, he especially when he's uh, with Thice. I think that's, that's yeah, that, yeah that guy's like Tice. a, a skinnier, um, younger, quicker version of him. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly well, what I saw. Um, not as good, but you get what I mean. I think Toronto's really missing like a a stretch five kind of thing. I said this earlier with uh, with Milwaukee and Giannis. Yeah. Um, and we'll get there, but like to have a to have a center that can score the ball and like run up and down the court, like Gasol can score. But like you said, Harry, no mobility there. Like there's there's a, a very very much so a lack of that. So getting a guy like 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 it, it, it's a Porzingis type, a guy that can run up and down the court, can handle the ball. Like uh, Toronto's missing one of those types, like a Mitchell Robinson almost kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see what they do because Gasol is a free agent as as well as uh, Ibaka. So they're it's it's gonna be interesting to see who they keep. Or I guess Gasol is um over in Spain. So I don't think he's coming back. So I guess we can rule out Gasol. Yeah. But are they going to keep Ibaka? He's, he's still not that old and can still play. Um, but he's still getting older and he's going to struggle to keep up with all these young bucks. 
um, not the team, also <laughs> the team. But um. you also got to wonder like what is what he's asking for in terms of money. Like is is because he's on a massive contract right now. It's like twenty eight. Yeah, it's up. It's up there. So yeah. it's and we are strapped for money, um, especially to signing Freddie to a big contract. Um, as I said. Freddie signing Freddie is going to be a priority. So because yeah. like before he said that it was like, are they going to let him walk? Because he's going to, he wants a lot of money. But Messiah came out and said, you know what, we're uh, we're committed to giving him what he deserves and keeping yeah. him around. No doubt he's he's earned his bag. Yeah, like he's he's mm-hmm. been one of their best players 100%. for what the last three yeah. years. And he's going to be taking over Lowry's uh, number one point guard, yeah. uh, starting point guard position when Lowry retires. Um, any season now, really, it's yeah. he's thirty five. I think he's old. 34? Uh, the thing I is, hope he retires a Raptor, man. Yeah, I, I hope so as well. That'd be so sick for the city of Toronto I, just to like, have him, like have that celebration for Kyle. I really hope he doesn't go home to Philadelphia for a season or something like that. You, yeah. you never know with the... I, I don't know how much he likes Philadelphia, like if he grew yeah. up loving them or something like that, but sometimes you see the people going home for that last season just to... Play for the home crowd. Home crowd, one last thing. But, but like, yeah, I hope he... Uh, Hope he comes. Hope he retires a Raptor. The only thing with of all time. Yeah, absolutely. But the only thing with Freddie like taking over is I'm just not sure he's caked up enough to to fill in for Lowry. It's a lot of cake. It's a to, lot uh... of cake. <laughs> it's thick, true though. Thick boy yeah. Lowry, man. Well, there was that picture of Van Vliet on a uh, vacation in that in the in the unitard. <laughs> he can't say that, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll show you know what I mean. I saw I saw a TikTok the other day of um, somebody's like I'm preparing for No Nut November and they went and unfollowed Kyle Lowry on uh, <laughs> on Instagram. I thought that was really good. Oh, I was like, that's, shit, that's a good idea. Yeah, no man. If we're if we're making it through, that's that's gotta be an unfollow. I gotta I gotta do that now. Yeah, yeah. no temptations. We got a few hours left actually, yeah. as it's yeah. uh, recording on Halloween. So uh, spooky, spooky <laughs> basketball. It's getting close, man. Get your A game ready. Yeah. And uh, I think another thing about the Raptors before we move on to our t- uh, task at hand is uh, Siakam just didn't show up once. Mm-hmm. Pandemic P. The real pandemic P. Yeah. Um, Spike. Uh, what was it? The oh, what was the nickname for him? My- mild mild P. So mild P. <laughs> mild P. <laughs> so that was very very frustrating, and I was I was waiting for him to. He's, okay, he's he's, he's going to catch on. He's okay, he's just, a couple bad games. He's due for a good game. Yeah. And he was just. I've never seen him miss so many shots. It was it was really hard to watch. It was so weird for him to come from playing like an MVP level at the beginning of he the season. He was an all-star starter. Yeah, he was a legitimate MVP candidate for a large quantity of the season. And yeah. then all of a sudden you get into the bubble and like you got to wonder how much like the the mental stress played a part in that. Because yeah. all of a sudden he just disappeared. All he was doing was spinning around and th- like hucking up bricks. Yeah. And that was it. He, uh, did you hear that he hadn't actually touched a basketball the entire quarantine? Oh wow! Maybe that'll do. Like, it. I wonder, like, but why? How, how? Like, how do you even let that happen to yourself? You can't get. I, away from a I do not know, especially when you're like the first option on a team. I know. I that's tough because I saw yeah. other guys are working their asses off. So right, exactly. I'm hoping that this is a huge wake up call, and he just comes back next year and just annihilates. Yeah, like like I always say, um, I'm a huge fan of of uh, losing in order to win down the road. Uh, mm-hmm. You need to you need to learn how to lose in order to win big, so that's why I keep talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs because everyone's like, "Oh, the Leafs will never win." I'm like, "Well, they've lost so many times, and like you need to lose, and they are so young in their." I'm not gonna talk again. Okay, I don't want to talk about it, but they're the Leafs. The Leafs still suck, but it's it's an example of a team that loses so much and heartbreakingly too. Game sevens, first round, exit, exit, so much. 
stuff against them and they didn't even make the playoffs this year technically and it's like something's got to give like something is boiling in them and they say they say that like every year they're like they're fed up they want to win they really want it and they're that's that team's going to want it more than some team that's won recently or they don't know we don't really know what heartbreak is um recently or, yeah so i think um it was good for the raptors and siakam kind of get that rake wake up call because they they won the ship ship chip nice they won the chip um, they finished second in the league during the year without Kawhi. Their confidence is huge. They smoked Brooklyn in the first round. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, so, like, they're kind of, like, on a high, maybe underestimating Boston, maybe. I don't know. And Boston struggled, too. You know, I, they didn't look the best, which is why I knew they wouldn't go far. But, um, like, Kemba was hit or miss. And Tatum was good, but, you know, he wasn't lights out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were always a little bit off. Yeah. Um, but when they well, like, our biggest mistake was going down 0-2 right away. That was tough. When Boston's good, they're really good. Like they will oh, just yeah. they'll punish you. They got, but they got like think about it. They got Kemba Walker, yeah. Jalen Brown, yeah. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, Al Horford. They got great players. They got they're they're stacked all the way through. That's Taco a great roster. Fall. Taco Fall is going to be the Taco best Fall. Player. You can't sleep on Taco Fall. <laughs> it's going to be the best player in uh, in NBA history. See, I his his loss that he's going to have for the years is that inbound pass to. Oh, oh yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. So he'll have nightmares. I can't wait till Braun just like dunks on him and just yells Taco Tuesday. Just all seven, seven of him or however tall he is. Though the one thing I will say is, and this, this might be a little controversial for some people. I did like, I didn't at the time, but I did like looking back at it that Nick Nurse kept Siakam in. Uh, yeah. Because later he was asked about it, and he was saying it's to show Siakam that I can put my trust in him. Yeah. And when you have that coach's trust behind you as a player or of any sport, it gives you like another level of confidence. Like I can do this because my coach believes in me. So I'm hoping that also fuels him. Yeah, I think like benching him could have been detrimental to his career. Like I understand that there's a playoff run, and that's that's what matters. You only care about one season as as a time as a coach, but. You really need to watch out for your player's mental state, and I think that's a the the best move possible is keeping him in and letting him letting him keep taking the shots. Yeah, I brought up Dion Waiters to Phil, but and I'll bring him up to Harry's as well. Um, Dion Waiters said if he's over fourteen, he's got to and he's bringing the ball up the court. He's he's he'd rather go over fifteen than ta- than not pass or than take the shot or than not. I take saw a shot. that quote and laughed so hard, you know, but I, it's true. I, I loved it. I Dion <laughs> Waiters. I was just like that's that's the mindset you need, especially to be a pro athlete. You need that mindset that you might have missed 14 shots, but the 15th is going to go in. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so to have that backing from your coach, I think, is so important. So important. You know what? He's got a ring now, so. Yeah, that's that's also true. There you go. All right, let's move on to our to Harry's topic, um, the second let's topic go. of the episode. We're focusing on the reigning and uh, first place team, yep. as you can say, in the standings in the league Oop. in the East. I just domed my table I'm, yeah. I'm over two for that too it's perfect we gotta do that I'm, for all four okay. brady you gotta get it together man i just keep hitting things um oh my god the um now Mil- milwaukee uh, how do you say that word milwaukee bucks it's a big word a lot of <laughs> look at all the l's in there i couldn't i can say that milwaukee bucks <laughs> milwaukee um they're in a pickle okay <laughs> because <laughs> Giannis can't make a three throw i mean um Atenakumpo, he is uh, next year, and there's been a lot of discourse about um, 
if he's going to stay or leave and what the Bucks should do. So, Harry, um, mm -hmm. what do you think is the Bucks? Uh, what's going on there? You stepped on something. I heard like a noise. I did? Yeah. Okay. You just make sure everything's plugged in, all right? But is it? Yeah. We'll just make sure. We'll keep going though. This is all staying in. This is live. Okay. You can go. Uh, well, first and foremost, if the Bucks can, they have to keep you on us. If they want to do anything in the near future, um, there's a couple different uh, options here, and I think. Well, for Milwaukee, I think it's straightforward. I don't think you try and trade Giannis because I can't really because he's a superstar, and I can't really see any other superstars that um, would come in and kind of improve what he's done. I can't really think of any that are equal to his talent, really. Um, but another way to try and keep it, and this is kind of where all my notes are, is um, he, there's a quote that he said: "Winning is my priority." So their big their biggest issue would be to get Giannis players that will lead to a championship. And I've got a couple stats here. Um so if if you compare the Bucks to everyone in the NBA this season, they're third in the NBA for field goal percentage, first for points per game, um first for defensive rebounds per game per game, sorry. So they're at the top of the list in most categories. The one that really stands out to me is three-point percentage, where they're 17th. Mm. Um, so my um, theory is that in order for them to keep Giannis and kind of build a championship team, they would need better three-point percentage to kind of surround Giannis. Just because right now they've got... Uh, They've got Brooke Lopez, they got Kyle Korver, but they don't really have anyone that's like an, an, a lights-out shooter. And that's putting a lot more pressure on Giannis because teams can just double-team that guy, and it's over for the Bucs. Um, another thing that I was thinking was they also need a solid veteran with playoff experience because I don't think they have one. And if... I, I could be wrong there. No, but they don't good. really... A key, a key to winning a championship, you, you can have all the talent you want, but if you don't have any experience on your team, you can only go so far. Um, this is so like, you know, when the Raptors won last year, they had Gasol, they had Ibaka, they had Kyle, they had Kawhi, they had Danny Green. They had all these people that had been in the playoffs. They had been deep in the playoffs before so that the rest of the roster who hadn't been there can kind of learn a couple of things from them and follow their lead. And I don't think the Bucks really have that because the last two seasons they've been out. Uh, well, I guess I guess last year they were they went pretty deep, but l let's say this season, like they they only made it to the second round and kind of you know fizzled out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you go you it. got that right on the head uh, in terms of uh, the only player that they have that has had like actual you know playoff experience is Kyle Korver, and he's won. But Kyle Korver is not like a role, like a you know playing a ton of minutes. He's playing. Yeah. Uh, he averaged 16 minutes last week, last year, which is not bad. But he's going to get less this year and less and less. You want someone in your starting five? With yeah, a, exactly. Like a leader, like a, yeah. a good person. Like so. he doesn't even need to be like a stud. You just need someone to to you know yeah. be able to anchor down and you know keep players like level headed and keep their heads in the game. Yeah. Um, and I think um, 
uh, Harry, you nailed it right on the head. It's so disappointing to watch. Like, Giannis, like, he's he's the best part in the NBA, two seasons running MVP. You know, you can say what you want. You can argue LeBron. You can argue Kawhi. But MVP is what I'm going to go off of. Um, you, you need guys to help space out the court. He can take care of everything inside the arc, surround him with three-point shooters, and you're buzzing. We have Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's a decent three-point shooter. He is, I think, uh, above forty percent from the field this season. Yeah, forty-one percent from the field or from the three. Um, but he's on the decline, and that's that's apparent. Yeah, last year wasn't. He looked a little twenty points per game. Like for your yeah. second option to score twenty points per game, not what you want. You want to you yeah. want to hit like twenty-four kind Compared of thing. Compared to his previous years, I think he yeah. he was on a decline. So. Yeah, and then like well, the, he's the, almost thirty. Yeah, too, yeah. He's, he's he's twenty-eight. And, like, mm-hmm. outside of that, like, George Hill led the team in three-point percentage. George Hill is not a, not a big minutes guy anymore. No. He, no. he might have been at some point in his career, but um, I think, like, you need to bring in some three-point shooters, like, just to surround, just put the guy around him, or to put around uh, Giannis. I think one guy that I would really like to see, hopefully he declines his player option, is Evan Fournier from oh, yeah. the Orlando Magic. Mm. I've, I've always liked that Frenchman. Yeah, me too. And, and he's 27. <laughs> He can shoot the three ball super well, but I think my biggest thing is he defends super, super well. Uh, Giannis is a defensive part of the year candidate. Did he win it this year? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah he did. So he's a defensive part of the year winner, but to bring in a guy like, like Evan Fournier, who can go play, he can play three and D he's, you know, he'll handle his, his stuff on both ends of the court. Doesn't need to be a star player. Him, Chris Middleton and Giannis. That's exactly the type of player we need is Evan Fournier. Mm-hmm. That would help. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, and I think <clears throat> I know Joe Joe Harris isn't what he used to be either, but he he could be a good off the bench. I, I, I think I think Harris is better than Corver right now at least. So you could because I think Corver is a free agent actually. So like you could let him walk, yeah, bring it, bring in um Joe Harris something like that, upgrade at, and then you have like a a good shooter off the bench. Yeah, you can do that too. But I think the Nets would be smart to to keep Joe Harris. But um. I think they said that Joe Harris was a priority for them. Okay, well, but well, I, I do you, have Joe Harris on my list of people because that he's a good three point option. Yeah, it, like I think when you have Kyrie and Kevin Durant, like guys like Joe Harris become kind of expendable, but you still need depth. They still have a ton of salary cap, especially because he he'll be on bird rights, um, so you can sign him without without him impacting your cap. Um, so I think bringing him back is going to be great for Brooklyn, but it would be great for milwaukee if they could sign a guy like like i mean like joe harris there's other mm-hmm. guys out there that can shoot the three ball as well but i think joe harris is a great great addition actually that's a good point and uh another another person that kind of proved himself this season uh especially in the playoff run i think jay crowder would be a pretty good option for them as well in terms of shooting yeah i like i really like what he did in the playoffs there and um he, he he's, he's a vet he's got experience and he can he can play in clutch moments, especially. And I, I like him defensively too. So mm-hmm. I think that that would be another good piece for sure. And he's a he's a unrestricted free agent this year. So there you another, go. Another another piece to pick up. And I think the Bucks can also they have they have some. I think they have some leverage. You know they they're a good team. Well, they finished first last year. You know what I mean. But yeah. um, and a chance to play with Giannis MVP. Um, they know the Bucks are good, and I think players know that. Um, they're just a couple pieces away from a from the finals appearance. Whether or not they can match up against the Lakers and beat them, I, I'm not sure. We we'll have to see what they get. But um, I think players know, like, hey, let's go to Milwaukee. Let's you know, let's compete with the Nets and get keep the heat out of it. And let's let's beat the Lakers. You know, we need to we need to 
we need to do something about the Lakers. So I think they do have some leverage for, for a player like Crowder or a player like um, Joe Harris. Well, I mean, I think he'll stay. Who's the other guy we said? Um, One of you guys said? Fournier. Yeah, I have Fournier. A guy like Fournier. Yeah. Um, I think I think Harris will stay with the Nets because I think they're a little better. With KD and Kyrie. With KD and Kyrie coming back, yeah. We'll see what they're doing. But, um, oh, that would be gross. Yeah, that that would be something. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of pieces that they that the the Bucks can go after. This free agent class isn't as good, and but the thing is, it's next year's free agency that's the big worry for Milwaukee. Because if Giannis mm-hmm. if Giannis walks, he's gonna have a good. We're gonna the Bucks are gonna have a good year. We're gonna have a first. We're gonna be a first seed, second seed type type team. We're not gonna have a good draft pick. And then if Giannis leaves, we're looking at a twelve win season. Yeah. Right. Like. <laughs> Chris Middleton's not going to carry a team no. to to anywhere. Eric Bledsoe, <laughs> I like Eric Bledsoe a ton. Actually, I think like I'm, a, I'm I like him. Yeah, probably the biggest Eric Bledsoe plan on the fan, yeah. on the planet. Uh, just <laughs> considering nobody else really cares about the guy. Um, but they're they're not going to win games like Giannis does. So that means we have a, one more year of being a mediocre team, and then having a terrible pick, and then having to you know suck really bad the year after that, and then deal with that. And the other thing that we have to, uh, that all NBA teams have to consider, the Golden State Warriors have the number two overall pick. Yeah. And the only reason they have that is because Steph Curry and Clay Thompson missed the entire season. Yeah. They're coming back next year, fully healthy, loaded, and ready to prove something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I keep right? getting to mention the the Warriors, and this will be um, what we're going to talk about with Mr. Bailey is the yeah. next season outlook. So let's not get too deep. No. But um, we. I. I. I yeah. Thanks, Keisha, for marrying me because I was. Forget the Warriors are coming back fully loaded with that um, second best prospect. Or or they trade that and they get a player that's worth I could see the second overall pick. I can which definitely is a see lot that. considering this draft class is actually stacked. Like they could be. I think I think Anthony Edwards will be. Oh, we'll we'll get into this with Mr. Bailey. Okay, yeah. Because uh, I, I, I don't know too much about the. I love the I love college basketball. Not really, but um. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of teams that the Bucks have to contend with, and like even worse, if Giannis leaves, that's one more team the Bucks will have to contend with. Even though like at that point we're out of contention. Yes, 100%. right. Like think about we were talking about this with Phil. Imagine Giannis ends up leaving for Miami, and then you go Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Giannis at the three, maybe, or you can go Duncan Robinson at the two, Jimmy Butler at the three. Giannis at the four and Bam Adebayo at the five. Like that's no, that's, that's a fair. that's a that's sixteen and zero in the playoff type team right there. Yeah, that's that's nasty. Like who do you guard? I don't know. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> I, you're you're somebody's getting exposed in a matchup. There's no team that can compete yeah, with that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Bam Adebayo as your fourth option. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's not excuse bad. Yeah, that's me. nuts. That's not bad. And then you also have like you know Duncan Robinson's the the you know the ugly duckling in that starting five but he's a flamethrower yeah he was re- he was playing real well in the right playoffs. you double team two people duncan robinson's having open looks from three all day he can drop you, you can't let that he can drop like 40 on you right and like and then if you don't if if you don't double anybody who's stopping Giannis? who's stopping jimmy butler yep right you can you can maybe stop one of them if you have a guy like Kawhi, you can stop one of them and let's say somehow you managed to stop Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo, yep. Tyler Harrow, yep. walking bucket, yep. Duncan Robinson, bucket. So Miami would be a team that would be terrifying with the addition of a superstar like that. It would also be interesting to see how Giannis changes his game under the leadership of Jimmy Buckets. Yes. And his, his, um, you know, his hard-ass, work hard, play hard, all that kind of stuff. It'd be cool to see a, a change of 
game style and leadership and how how they're practicing under under Jimmy Bucket. I think mean, Jimmy's like the freaking coach there. Like yeah, he. I mean, no no disrespect to um, what's his face, but um, yeah. he, he's a great coach and he's done a lot in his career. But like, I mean, maybe a more more so on the like a on the court coach and all that. I know Jimmy just um, dictates that team. Dictates that yeah. team. Oh, yeah. Whatever whatever team he happens to be on. And um, so it'd be cool to see Giannis kind of get whipped into shape and really really refine his craft to see, be even better. That's one thing that I would not be worried about because Giannis is one of those athletes that's super humble. Yeah. Like, you know, he posted that picture of, like, Kobe, like, you know, the Kobe yeah. remake, but that was more, that wasn't him bragging that he won back-to-back MVPs. That was a tribute to Kobe because, yeah, you know, yeah. the mentorship and all that's all there. So he's really humble. He'd be the type of guy that would assume the number one role in, in Miami, mm-hmm. but he would share the spotlight with Jimmy Butler. He wouldn't, I, I don't think he would have an issue with that. And that's what's so terrifying that, yeah. you know, people, like when Kevin Durant switched over to Golden State, people thought there'd be a power trip there. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be even less if Giannis left. Mm-hmm. That would be so gross. And like even worse, there's rumors that if the Bucks are going to flip him, it's Golden State because they have the number two pick to offer. If you're getting rid of if you're getting rid of Giannis, you need a prospect to come back. I don't, and I what, don't see them affording that actually though. Well, That's so the so thing. the thing is with Golden State, um, they would have they to get Giannis, they would need to trade two of the big four, yeah, uh, which is like Curry, Clay, Green, and Wiggins, yeah. But like get Green out of there, and then uh, like get rid of Wiggins, I guess. So it's Giannis, Curry, and Thompson. Yeah, <laughs> and... like we're, we're talking about he needs better three point shooters. Yeah, <laughs> there's no one better in the NBA. How are you? Right they're there? they're. One, there isn't a better three-point shooter in the history of the NBA than Steph Curry. And then, and then there's Clay no better Tom- duo yeah. in the in, in <laughs> NBA history that's better than Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Splash bros. Like, think about it. Klay Thompson being a, th- a third option where all oh. he has to do is sit in the corner and shoot threes. No eight, dribbling. Eight, eight, 40 <laughs> points and eight dribbles, he could probably drop 50 on three dribbles with, with Giannis and Steph Curry spacing out the floor. Oh, my God. You can I, honestly, I think about it. You can honestly just throw Brady and I in, in the, into the three and five spot. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and we're winning We're winning a, chi- we're winning a chip. Yeah, 82 and 0. Yeah. Like, you think of duos, Kareem Magic, Shaq Kobe, Jordan Pippen, the Splash Bros. Steph, there. Steph Clay. Splash Bros are up there. In a yeah. completely different kind of duo at that, because you th- you know you think all those other guys, you know, like Kobe and Shaq. Okay, you got your you got your guard, you got your your big guy, and or they're a pair of big guys or whatever. But like the Splash Bros, just two guys making it rain from wherever they want, really. So I, I fan of as a fan of basketball, I do not want to see that. Uh, <laughs> I kind of do though, just to see oh the pure God. dominance. Like it would see be it for so a couple dumb. games. Like, like for a year. If it will, like, because that would be for a year because Giannis is a free agent. So maybe they trade him at the trade deadline. Yeah. Maybe they switch mm-hmm. up on, on Giannis and just be like, you know what? We change our minds. We're going to try to get something out of this instead of, or even, especially the Bucks. Let's say they're just not doing well. A couple injuries, let's say. Yeah. Um, people are out for the season. Like Middleton's gone. Maybe he tore something, let's say. Trade trade deadline's coming up. Bucks originally said because um, their GM came out and said that they they will not shop Giannis if he says he's not going to resign. But let's say just a bunch of things go wrong. They're like the bottom half seed, so like I don't know, like below like four to eight or out of the playoffs. I don't even know. Depending on who's, let's just say hypothetically injury. Yeah. And then you shop Giannis. Um, I could I could definitely see him going somewhere. And the Warriors could scoop them up. They get some good stuff in return. The number two draft pick. I guess that would be for. Uh, get out of here. I guess that would be for. 
because the number two draft pick is yeah, coming up. It, yeah, so like the Warriors wouldn't have a pick like that, but they would still no. have... They got you, people, though. You throw back Wiggins, you throw back uh, Draymond Green. Throwing a lot back. Uh, you're throwing, throwing a lot back. Golden State's throwing a lot back. <laughs> and, like, you know, like you throw in, like, maybe, like, two unprotected picks, and... Oh, you, back you, in and you throw you throw whatever the hell uh, Milwaukee wants back because if you get Giannis to pair him with Steph Curry to pair him with uh, Quay Thompson, that's a win. That's a championship. Yeah, and just so, keep throwing it back. And that would be like a one year thing, and then Warriors let him go to free agency probably. Um, yeah, because they. And that's that's honestly not bad for the Bucks either, because then you can start to think about your future and mm-hmm. rebuild for it. And they can put together a more well rounded team that because like. I'm not yeah. a huge fan of having one superstar yeah. and then a bunch of f, f- arounds. Not not that, yeah. like because the Bucks aren't that. Thanks right for now. censoring yourself. They're not that right now. Like they have a decent team, I will say. Of yeah. course, um, they're not first for no reason. But um, I'm just not a fan of one superstar surrounded by nobody. Like even they need help, and you're, you're, the bench is so important. Death so important. So it would be cool to see Bucks if they do lose Giannis. It'd be cool to see them get something in return, build around a good, strong top three or four. And then um, go from there. So we'll see. Yeah, I think like if you look at the last championship teams, it's Cleveland when they had Kevin Love and Kyrie paired with LeBron. You have uh, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. You have uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Andre Iguodala who won Finals MVP. Um, you know, Max Kellerman, laser, or Martians have a laser beam at the earth. He wants Iguodala taking that yeah. last shot. That's a I want Iguodala. I want Iguodala. <laughs> like, you made it so intense for the stupidest take of all time. I love um, it. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I respect it. It's his job. That's his brand. Um, but, like, I, you need you need supporting pieces. What, like Brady said, one star and a bunch of F arounds. Thanks for censoring yourself. Um, it's, mm. it's, not, it's not a championship winning formula. Not at all. No. And the Raptors. I didn't even mention the Raptors. You have Kawhi, but then you have Big Booty Lowry. You have Siakam. Playoff like, Powell, Freddie. OG. You have just a bunch of just... Gasol. Yeah, Gasol. You have a bunch of depth. Ibaka. Like, so much depth. Depth wins championships. Like, you can even go over to yeah. hockey. Like, look at the last teams to win it. Like, uh, the St. Louis Blues, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So much depth on both a those rosters. So, it's, it's across sports. Depth wins championships. Yeah, every, mm-hmm. every sport. With that, we'll wrap it up. We're going a little long again, as usual. Yeah, this is going to be a four-hour episode, uh, so we can let's go get your break a record. Yeah, yeah, longest podcast ever. Well, you know, <laughs> probably not. But if we have Andrew Bailey on here, we're just going to chat with him for about seven hours. Goodness, this is going to be a two-parter. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Um. Oh, Harry. So let's talk about your uh, your podcast and your uh, your YouTube channel here. Let's do, let's do that not quickly. You can take your time with it, but. Uh, why don't, you, why don't you give a plug to our listeners little, about, little about, about what you do? Who are you? What, what What's your channel? Sure, yeah. Okay, well, so my channel is called The Mental Corner. And um, what I do on it is basically right now with school and everything, it's been tough to kind of stay on track, school and work and whatever. But once I'm out of school and uh, things start settling down a little more, what I do on this channel is I have a couple discussions about um, stories or experiences that I've personally had in my mental health journey. Um, and I kind of do this, um, where I, I talk about a story that's happened and how I kind of dealt with it or things I've learned along the way. And it's kind of just to give to people because I know how hard it is to be in a spot where you feel like you're all alone and you feel like you're the first person to go through all this when in reality you're not. And, you know, some, sometimes a lot of the time really all it takes is just to know that 
know that you're not alone in it and know that you're not the first person who's experienced it and that there are ways to kind of, you know, get through it. So that's kind of what I'm going for with this channel. And then I have a show on it as well called the H panel where I kind of bring on guests from all different backgrounds to talk about um, their stories and kind of how we can come together as a society to kind of normalize the conversation of mental health and destigmatize it as a whole um, and kind of just make, you know, society mentally healthier. Um, I'm lately I've been getting people on talking about their personal stories, but in the near future, I have a couple interviews where I'm going to be talking to therapists, psychologists, uh, doctors, and just people who can really analyze the brain and kind of explain things fully for my viewers. So we're going to get pretty deep soon. So I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. That's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm really excited. Worth mentioning, I was the very first guest on the, the H panel. Okay, man. That's right. Guys, right. guys talking about mental health, and Brady just wants to plug his uh, plug his fa the fact that he's on. <laughs> he's he's had really cool yeah. guests. Um, really worth checking out YouTube, and uh, he's you're on all podcast um platforms now, so that's really cool. Or you, right, yeah. You can just check it. check the description of this episode, and his all the all his links will well at least one of his links will be there. Yeah, and then um, leave a review, check it out great stuff he's respect thank he's, you he's also very entertaining so it's a it's a good way to you know address a very important issue that yeah here at case and punt we're you know massive supporters of it's you know it's not an easy thing to talk about we've talked about it a few times on uh, some of our episodes and we always say like you know it's so hard to talk about this but harry does a really good job at it so definitely go check that out i appreciate that thanks guys for sure for sure no doubt most definitely most definitely most def <laughs> oh, shout, out no shout out to delvin bro most yeah. definitely it was delvin right most definitely most yeah. definitely he would say that after like every single sentence yeah it was great and then uh <laughs> fig was no doubt anyways uh we'll let you go we got some partying to do uh halloween town and by partying i mean there's a, like a couple of us and we're social drinking, distance drinking by ourselves yeah very safe we're not that is COVID, so cool not COVID a rager so cute. COVID raging. friendly very COVID friendly yeah, watch some spooky movies. I'm Perry the Platypus. Yeah, Harry's, I mean, Keyshawn's <laughs> Perry the Platypus. I'm a disco diva. Um, whatever that Yo, means. That mustache. I got a handlebar, marsh, handlebar mustache right now. Are you hammered? Mostly for, um, I hope not. Mostly for Movember. Um, I'll be, I'll be raising some money, so check that out. Maybe we'll, maybe I can, maybe boss will allow me to plug that on our case and punt. Aiden, are you going to, can I raise money, please? <laughs> okay um, we'll, we'll have to talk to ryan about that we'll talk to ryan all right uh we'll let you go thanks for coming on harry that was awesome um yeah of course thanks for having me guys well, finally pretty close to phil that was pretty good that was yeah good. let's go that's pretty good man imagine those two on an episode together that'd be nuts yeah. that's just too much we would just get over we'd get overthrown that, 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 they that, can run the that'd be our rise to we'd finally get over 10 listeners that'd be great <laughs> Hey man, we're we're doing good. We're good. We're doing all right. For we're doing guys. well. We not, uh, not Harry level, but we're doing we, all right. We have one listener <laughs> from Palestine. Yeah, we have one listener from Palestine apparently. Really? That's sick. Yeah, yeah my my stats were like yeah three percent from Australia. Yeah, like, how is that even? I did the math. I was like, so what's point seventy five of a person? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even make sense. Oh, I have a really bad joke, but I'm not gonna make okay, it. Well, um, no, but I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. After, we'll do that after hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What was our? What was it? Hold on, I want to just find our. Oh my uh, goodness! This is why we go overtime. Is Keisha? Yeah, because look, no, looking no, up his stats. Is, um. What is it, was now? it? Oh, number number our fifth country, our fifth most listens is Hong Kong. 
Look at that. Yeah. Hey, look at that. You guys have to do a world tour soon. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah we're, we're going on tour. We're going world on tour. tour. Harry, that's a spoiler. This man. is a world premiere. Okay. Yeah, let's do a split world tour. That'd oh, be that'd be sick. sick. Oh my god! There's two completely different shows back to back. Yeah, we we go on and like we're just being absolute morons, just, just making fun of each bunch other. Of dipsticks. And then Harry comes on. And he's actually like a legitimate professional. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's important. It's going for both crowds. Oh, daylight savings time ends. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> Harry, thanks you. Thank you very much for coming on. This was fantastic. Oh, we expected a great interview from you, and you provided. So thank you very much. I'm glad I. I'm glad I could. Thank you. No worries, and uh, you will. We'll have you on again someday. Yes, absolutely. Be oh yes, talk I will some be more waiting. Sports. Some more collabs coming and coming soon. Harry's actually getting more into football. I sent him a big uh, document on each team. That's uh, right. I, I sent him a breakdown of every team to kind of kind of get some a little a little cheat sheet so he can when he's watching football he can kind of look at what the team is and their little recent history and big players on the team. So what a great friend this guy is, eh? I know so it, it took him. It took him a while. <laughs> There's a lot of effort in. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's really impressive. I wonder yeah. if any of it's right, but like that's good effort at least. <laughs> well, it's yeah. all this team sucks. That team sucks. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's, it's, it's Tom Brady for life. Go yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. That's all it is. Or what? What team would you decide to cheer for? He had a he had a poll on his story, and he was asking who he should. Oh cheer yeah, for. Uh, the Seahawks won that poll. Oh, oh so that, did you pick them then? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Okay. They have, I, li- I like the Seahawks. They have sick jerseys, so that works out. You know, like you can wrap the jerseys, and you'll be you'll be buzzing. I also have a huge crush on DK Metcalf. Oh my, I love oh, him. Yeah, <laughs> DK's sick. You'll like him. Modern yeah. day Megatron. All right, now we'll finish. Now we'll finish. At 45 <laughs> okay, okay, minutes. Yeah, yeah. 45 minutes. <laughs> He's just supposed to be 20 minute clips. So this is this is just We're great. Yours up. was longer than Phil's, but absolutely Let's worth go. it. Oh, take that, Phil. Yeah, <laughs> idiot. I win. <laughs> All right, Harry. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you very much. And our next guest, returning for the third time, I think. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> our, our most requested guest by the fans, uh, <laughs> Coach, <laughs> Coach Bailey. How's it going? We're doing all right. It feels good to be loved. <laughs> well, you're, Wonder you're what always, that's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always welcome on, back on Case and Punt. Uh, I guess it's the basketball episode. I don't know if I made this joke already, but it's so Case and Punt, and then the hockey one's Case and Puck. So what, what's this one, Keish? Man, you're putting me on the spot. Um, uh, you did well last time. Case to uh, <laughs> case and bucket. Case and bucket. There it is. All right. <laughs> um, before before we dive into the episode, um, Bailey, actually one of our loyal loyal listeners, he listened to our last episode, or one of the previous episodes. Oh, Aiden crushed it. Case and dunk. Oh, case and oh, dunk. Man, damn. Aiden was from the. Well done. Aiden, from the rafters, that was good. Um, and we, Aiden asked a really good question the other day. It was, if you had to get rid of one sports franchise, any any professional league, or let's give it to like the North American main four or five, whatever it is, um, which franchise would you get rid of? And uh, Bailey wanted to have a go at it. So uh, what's your I, answer there? I, just, I thought it was a really good question. And it made me start looking at like different franchises. I thought Keish had an awesome answer to start was the Charlotte Hornets because Hmm. like they've never gone to the conference finals. And then I thought, I look at it from that perspective, like which, which team could you literally take out of existence and it wouldn't affect the history of the league at all. 
And so I, th- I do think the Charlotte Hornets for basketball. And if, if you ask this, you know, uh, two months ago, I think you could say Jacksonville for football because yeah. they've never gone. I don't think they've ever played in a conference championship either, but obviously uh, now. They actually did three years ago. Oh, did they? Ago. Yeah, and the Patriots. But they never made it to a Super Bowl, points. right? They almost beat the Patriots to go to the oh. Super Bowl, but um, they just came up short. But like people by, by forget Blake that. Bortles. Like Bortles, they went to the conference championship a couple years ago. But like other than that, yeah, <laughs> they've never gone. I, I, for some reason, my knee jerk reaction was the the Timberwolves. I don't know why. Okay. I just okay. feel like they've had all this talent and they've they've gone to the conference finals once with Kevin Garnett. Yeah, and then other than that, they're just kind of a they're just like this wasted franchise with right now like. You know, they trade away Wiggins, but he was supposed to be the you know the next coming, and he never you know um, turned out into anything. I don't know. It was I I really like the question though, but I would look at it from you know which which team could you take out of existence, and it would not affect the history at all. And I agree. Like yeah. you said, like I think Keith said, like he want he like I hate the Flyers, but you have to have them in because mm-hmm. that's what makes sport great, right, is to have those rivalries. Yeah, exactly. to like have that have that hatred of like the Flyers makes hockey that much better, especially like this season in the NHL with the uh, with like the divisions the way they are with mm-hmm. the Flyers and you know Rangers, Bruins all playing the Penguins back to back games, and they're going to be playing so often this season. It's made hockey so entertaining, and it's like it's like a playoff series essentially because by the time you get to the fifth, sixth game against these guys and they're in your face the entire like two games back to back days, you're going to want to kill them, and you're going 100. percent There's going to be a ton of fights, a ton of big hits, and a lot of excitement. So. You can't take out teams that you hate because they're your rivals, which is why, like, you know, Bucks, Saints, and um, uh, the Falcons, like, were uh, off my list immediately. The Packers were another team just because of their historical impact in the league. Yes, Completely, yes. You can't choose them. Um, you know, as much as I dislike the Packers, like, it's it's impossible to take them out without truly changing league history. Yeah. I would – the Mariners, that was another team. Like, I don't, they've never made it to the World Series. Yeah, they were uh, yeah. they were quite the the interesting team there with all the players they had and years of failure. And I think did they make it to the World Series the one year or were they they short like two thousand one or two or whatever it was? I don't think they ever made it. They had one really good year. Yeah, where they had like yeah they had over a hundred wins kind of thing. Yeah, and then it's down on the spot, but they continuously have like the best players ever like ken griffey randy johnson edgar martinez and now felix hernandez the pitcher but um it, it's kind of like i look I, I look at it i looked at the question like um how you look at hall of fame like how to decide if hall of fame players get in it's like can yeah. you rewrite the this the story of the sport with or without them and if it's without then you, they might not be in the hall of fame or you might not need them as a franchise in existence but it's so does you, that you, mean like is philip rivers a hall of famer or not like I don't. I don't think he is. You know, no ring, there, no like. But there's a case for it because he was like consistently one of the best quarterbacks in the league for like ten years there. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, can, could you rewrite the story of football without him? And still get your point across. I, I mean, I mean that's fair. But then also the same thing with Dan Marino. He never won a Super Bowl, but Dan Marino is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, I think. I, don't know, I think he was better than Philip Rivers, though. That's true. It's also like I mean Joe Namath is there and I hate Joe Namath. I think he's the worst he's the worst quarterback <laughs> of all time, but he's in the Hall of Fame, so Yeah. I don't, don't, know. Like, don't like Joe Namath here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, <laughs> against Joe Namath. 
I just like it, it, like his numbers are just terrible. Uh, like everyone, I, like he's regarded as like one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And then I like yeah, I never really thought good. anything of it. What's that? Even for it, even for his time, it was bad. Yeah. yeah. Like, but like, also, like compared... he really only he had that prediction, right, or, or that guarantee. That was the only thing that made him kind of legendary. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, it was the equivalent of Mark Messier's "We're gonna come back and win" um, for my Canadian hockey fans out there. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know. I just, I just think like his numbers weren't even that great, like for his era, and like people just loved his like persona. He played in New York, was like a yeah. massive, massive mouth, and like just big in the media. And I think that kind of inflated his stock a little bit. I mean, you know, he played in the NFL, so what the hell do I know? But I just, I just don't think he's as uh, as accomplished as as people people say he is. You think if he wasn't Broadway Joe that he wouldn't get in? Like if he was just I like don't on think so. if he was if he was just on like some random team. Yeah, if he if he replaced Bernie Kosar on the Browns, I don't think he'd be I don't think he'd be anyway. <laughs> you can say that for a lot of players, so that's true. We could, that's we true. could do that all day for every Hall of Fame player, I guess. But um I guess so. That's uh, you know another we, episode we, right there. <laughs> Coach Bailey yeah, Parkour. <laughs> right, before, right, before, right before recording i i said you know let's you know we're gonna be a little quick you know a little you know try to get moving and you know we're 15 minutes in we're supposed to be at the no i'm just kidding it's <laughs> we are not concerned about length I just, it's just funny how we always get in tangents which i love it's the best yeah it's, it's part of the pod so <laughs> um our other three guests are huge raptors fans so it's just been raptors hour all together oh. so it's it's gonna be good to have a little break here and talk about the Boston Celtics, uh, a very important <laughs> franchise in the NBA. Um, you gotta have them in. So oh, yeah. uh, they're current at time of recording, January twenty fourth. They are eight and six, and they sit fourth in the East, two games back from first. So, Billy, what do what do you think of the season so far? Uh, it's it's such a strange season because like I think what was it two or three preseason games? Like this is this is starting to remind me. Of uh, I know I'm totally dating myself, but like the '99 season, it was like a strike shortened season, and it wasn't like you're not gonna, you're not really gonna get into the flow of things until like <laughs> this sounds weird, but like you know three quarters of the way through the season, um, and then you have COVID, like like Jason Tatum hasn't played I think the last four games for them, so I think yeah. that's that's an issue for them. Um, I do love. I love how Jalen Brown is playing. I think he's every year he's kind of taken a, a step, you know, towards how good he can be. Um, and they've got him locked down. They've got Tatum locked down, which is great long term. I know I all my all my good buddies are, are Raptors fans, and it was a rough September. Um, and I get made fun of a lot for Marcus Smart and how much he flops, but. Um, I always, anytime anyone talks to me about Marcus Smart, I always say, I think how, if he was on your team, you would love him. But if he's on the other team, you hate him. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think, I don't think they've hit their stride yet, obviously, but I don't think anyone has. Um, like when you look at those standings, like really, like should Indiana be there? Like they're, Indiana's right now nine and six at second. I think Doc Rivers has done a great job with Philly. So I think he's, I think they're there for the long run. And then obviously you got the Bucks. I don't, I don't foresee, I'd be surprised. I think if, if Boston ended up in that, in that one spot, but I do think they will be a top four team. I prefer, obviously you want them in that two or three spots. So they don't have to face. Well, I don't know. Cause you got the Nets as well. I don't know. It's, I, I do think they've got, 
they've got a lot of good pieces like Pritchard, that that rookie who had that game winner. He's going to be big time, I think, for them. Uh, Jeff Teague, he he started off really well for them as a backup point guard, especially with uh, Walker out. Um, but they've got a lot of pieces. I think the goal of the season is you got to end up in that top four spot, and then and then as long as you got everyone healthy, and I think I think we could make a. I do think we could beat any of those teams in a four game series. And I know that sounds crazy. And obviously with, we'll talk about the Nets in a second, but I do think I, I do feel comfortable with the Celtics. I don't feel comfortable, but I should say like, I think they could win in a, a seven game series against any of those teams if they're healthy. And that's uh, it, the, oh. yeah, go uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'll go here. The, uh, the backcourt depth that you got in Boston is pretty crazy. Like Peyton Pritchard, obviously he was a late round pick. I, uh, 26th overall. Um, he turned out to be a revelation when Kemba went down. People thought it was going to be like a tough spot for them to be in. But between him, Kemba Walker, uh, you have, like you said, Jeff Teague, and then you have Jalen Brown. Those are your four guards that are going to get a ton of minutes. That's a pretty solid rotation, especially since yeah. Jalen Brown is playing at essentially an MVP level this year. He's got like, what, 26 points per game or something like that, 27-ish? Yeah, um, yeah he's he's just carried my fantasy team all year. So thanks for oh, you have, yeah. Yeah, I, that was uh, I think he was like my second round pick as well. Like it was just just a great pickup. Um, yeah. But, and, and then you also but, mentioned Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's one of my favorite players in the league just because he plays like just that gritty, you know, defensive game. And you need a guy like that to be able to lock up, um, yes. especially on a team where you have scorers like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You can, you know, you, you, they can get their buckets. Um, Marcus Smart is a guy that you need to help lock down some of the, like the because I, I the league has just insane guard talent right now. Whether you're you know, the Nets with Harden and Kyrie or uh, Steph Curry, who's a one-man wrecking ball, uh, wrecking crew, wrecking, wrecking crew. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, like, Marcus Smart is, like, a necessary piece. Like, a guy like Marcus Smart is a necessary piece uh, to, on a championship team. Yeah. Yeah, you need, you need guys like that. That Like, I still – sometimes he, he shoots his pull-ups, and I don't feel comfortable with those. I don't think they look good, and I don't think it's – like that's the best shot for them. Um, and, and to, I'll say that about Jason Tatum too. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, he hit like a game winner. I think it was against the Bucks. It was like a bank three. Yes, yes. Like it wasn't, I, I, I don't know. I don't like those shots. I don't think they're, they're conducive to, to good team basketball. And like you saw that in the Raptors series in the playoffs in the bubble is that they just, if, if he's their best player, the reason he's their best player is he's like attacking and creating for others. If he's just taking pull-up threes the majority of the game, then I think that's when it's going to go bad for them. Yeah, yeah I fair. think it's, it's similar to like when Siakam or something just comes down the floor, or he's he's he he just pulls up a three, or they're they're, they're cycling it, trying to set a play up, and he just yanks a three and bricks it. I'm like, that's not really your game. Like, <laughs> no, let's use that body, or you know, let's do a spin move or two. <laughs> <laughs> but um, pandemic B. What I was going to say earlier was I think Boston would have the upper hand on a lot of the East teams because the continuity and the, you know, the chemistry that they have, you know, they've, you know, relatively the same core over the last few years compared to the Bucks who just added a bunch of new pieces and shipped them out um, this past off season. And same, same with the Nets, of course, with their, their trades and acquisitions. It's just a lot of newer teams with new pieces and new chemistry and they're, they're figuring it out. And like only like Philly and Boston kind of has that core that's at least knows each other a bit. And I think that, I think that might come in handy in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. They've, and you know, 
they've been tested. They've gone to the conference finals. I think it's like three of the last four years. Like the only year they didn't go was when uh, Toronto beat the Bucks. Um, you know, and they've, you know, the one year they they took Cleveland with LeBron to seven games. Like they've been there. They've knocked on the door. They just can't. They can't get over it. But at the same point, those guys are so young, right? Like apparently Jason yeah. Tatum grew in the off season. Like he's been a pro <laughs> for two years and he's still growing, which is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because I haven't grown in four years and I'm 22. So that's just screwed. <laughs> Jason Tatum, he uh, his his actual birthday is one day before mine. March the third. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're about to be a cock. Oh wow, that's nice. <laughs> this guy's making freaking bingos, dunking yeah, exactly. on Giannis. I don't know. They get bags in the NBA, man. Just like seeing some of their contracts. Like you look at the guys in the NHL. Like the best player in the <laughs> NHL, arguably, like it was Nate McKinnon, second best player in the NHL, probably. Um, he's making six and a half million dollars a year. Oh, that yeah. was that's like what Jason Tatum gets for like walking into the arena or the stadium. Like it's <laughs> it's absurd how much these guys make. But anyways, yeah. we'll, we it's so here. sad. And and well, different markets, yeah. It's a to- yeah, but like, like Paul George, like what did he get in the off season? Like what, that guy was garbage in the bubble, and they threw like a max deal at him. Like it's crazy to me the money some of these guys are getting. At this point, it's just like you establish your name in the first couple of years of your career, and you're good. You're gonna get your bag eventually. Like yeah. it, it, Paul George, like I mean, he's still a great player. Uh, like what, six time All Star, five time or four time defensive team. Like Paul George is still great. But $35 million, like, after, you know, the performance he had in the bubble. Uh, like, I'm, I'm a big Paul George fan, but I wasn't as big as, like, when he left Indiana. I wasn't thrilled about that. I'm still, like, a an NHL guy at heart where, you, you know, you stay with your team for a long time. Yeah. But there's so much movement in the NBA. It takes me a while to get used to that still. Yeah. It it definitely, like, it's, it's disheartening to see, you know. And I guess, we like, now we can talk about the trade, but... You know how these guys they all just like clamor onto each other's teams and like yeah no one stays like it's KD's KD might be the best player or second best player in the league third best player in the league and he's been on you know that's his third team well I guess fourth team third franchise if you look at the SuperSonics um, yeah, yeah but that's when you look at Giannis that's why I think some people definitely appreciate what Giannis did right sign resigning back with the Bucks yeah it, it seems I mean, rare these days. I'll tell you, yeah. I definitely, I definitely appreciate it. Like it, it's, I, I, like the Bucks are looking really good this year. Like, I mean, Chris Middleton has taken a massive leap forward. He's in 50, 40, 90 club this season on like pretty good usage. Like, uh, I think it's, yeah, like just under 25% usage. Uh, he's shooting the ball really well this year. So like I said, uh, in the earlier episode or earlier interview with, uh, with Harry, uh, the Bucks needed some three point help and they got it and they got that. And Chris Middleton shooting really well. Drew holidays just outside of 50, 40, 90, uh he's shooting the ball really well uh divincenzo's obviously a flamethrower not really but like you know just he <laughs> he can shoot the ball pretty well um you know white guy that can shoot that's all that's all you need <laughs> uh the bucks are bucks are you know nine and six same record as the pacers which is weird and um yeah. uh just the if i'm assuming the celtics they play what i'm assuming they play tonight I'm, they had a game delayed because of covid right the celtics yeah they played tonight yeah they play cleveland at seven they got the red hot calves tonight with MVP Colin Sexton. Apparently, yeah, I don't know yeah that's crazy. what's going on with him. But uh, throw on the number two it. in Cleveland, and you're the best point guard in the league. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And their freaking six centers they have, or whatever. 
<laughs> Give the Raptors what is it like these? Drummond, Jared Allen, uh, JaVale McGee's there as well. Holy shit. Kevin Love's play center. Like, it's just. Yeah, Kevin Love plays center. Larry Nance can play center. Isaac Okoro. <laughs> oh, no. He it's crazy. Center. It's crazy. But that's what I. Like, th- when they won the. When they beat them the first night, like, I don't think KD played either night. When they beat them the first night, you're like, oh, like, that's only because Saxon caught fire in at the end of the regulation in the overtimes, right? But then they did it again. Like, that's <laughs> to do it back to back. That's when you kind of feel like maybe this Nets trade wasn't what everyone thought it was going to be. Well, obviously, you still don't have all three pieces playing together, but yeah, we can yeah, do that now uh, with the Nets yeah, trade. Why, uh, Absolutely. Uh, I think Good. we've all shared our thoughts on it. We did like a whole segment on on just the city of Houston because they're in like just absolute shambles right now in terms of sports between the Astros, <laughs> Texans, and and uh, <laughs> the Rockets. And the Rockets. But well, Rockets, Rockets. Funny enough, trade away the the biggest superstar oh, that they've had since what? Like Tracy McGrady. Is that right? Yeah. Yao Ming, probably yeah. Yao Ming, Hakeem. Um, they they trade away a, a, a superstar in the league, but somehow. They're probably the most functional franchise in Houston. Um, <laughs> but so when you saw the news of like the Nets trade or the yeah, that trade and like all like the pieces that followed up with like VO getting traded, Jared Allen getting moved, uh, Karis LeVert getting moved, like what, what was uh, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I think it was before, I think it was like a week before the actual trade, there was a report or something came out, maybe it was on my like Instagram feed or something, it was like the Raptors and the Celtics were the two teams most likely to land Harden. And I was like, no, like <laughs> my two teams that I would, I would root for. No, I like, I'm not a James Harden fan. I don't like his style of play. So when he went to the Nets, I, my first reaction was like, oh, thank goodness. He's not on the Raptors. Cause I don't think it's a good deal. I don't think besides jury wants that kind of a player yeah. on his team. And then obviously I, I don't think he's good for the Celtics. Cause I think the Celtics have something you just kind of stay the course. But for the Nets, it's you have so you have these two. One guy's a train wreck. You can't tell me Kyrie Irving's not a train wreck. Like <laughs> it's the best way to describe him. He's I don't know, like everything from when he had like he lost it with LeBron and then he goes to Boston. The best thing that happened to Boston that year was him getting hurt, and then they got to, I think I already said it, they got to his game seven of the conference finals. He comes back the next year and they're in shambles. And I think it's because of him. Like, he's just such an egomaniac within the roster of the team. And now he comes in. He's hurt again last year. Comes in this year and he's got all this sage. And he's like, he's walking around the arena with the sage. But like, he's just, he loves the attention. He loves the media. He's very well spoken. But I don't know how intelligent that guy is. And I think culturally just him alone is a problem. And then you bring in Harden, who basically was a baby and he wanted certain things. So he got a point guard in Chris Paul, but obviously that didn't work. He then got what he wanted in his his buddy Westbrook coming over. That obviously didn't work. And now he's totally screwed the franchise over and demanding a trade and then blowing his trade value by saying, you know, I guess at that point the trade was kind of done. But he, you know, he went on to that press conference. He was like, it's unfixable. Like he's, that's, that, that, those two personalities, I think that's, it's, I don't think it's going to work. And then on, on top of that, you probably have this uber positive guy in Steve Nash, who is going to be the most friendliest players coach you can get, mm-hmm. right? And you've got 
a couple really good assistants with Dan Tony, who was with Harden, and Jock Vaughn, who did a great job with the Nets last year. But the culture, like, how do you, how do you fix, like, how do you get those guys to to gel together? Like, I just don't see it happening. I think like two of my least favorite players in the NBA are Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And like, I'm so glad when you said like I don't like James Harden in style of basketball. Like, I he just. I, I don't I don't know what it is. He's so talented. He's a great three point shooter, and that's my favorite thing in basketball. Like, uh, obviously, I don't play. I'm friggin' five foot three, and like, I just I can't shoot a basketball for the life of me. So it's not my not my thing. But when I play two K, uh, a three pointer, like the three point is is like where I live. Like Aiden can attest to it. I just love the three point game, which is why I love Golden State's game so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I remember the, like the the double window screens. Um, yeah. Like where, where Steph Curry would just run through the middle, they'd have their two bags just close, and then he'd be like wide open, ten feet behind the arc, and just drill him because that's obviously <laughs> Steph Curry. Um, and James Harden plays similarly, similarly where he just like lives behind the three point line. But there's just something about like just like there's just times where you see just a lack of effort, and like he, like defensively he just doesn't really care, and I hate that. And like uh, like I I don't love the Raptors, but I obviously hometown team. I just didn't want him playing in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, and and there was also like a quick Bucks rumor, and I was like, I just don't want that. Like, I know we need shooters, but I do not want James Harden in Milwaukee. Not a mm. chance. No, and- he's uh, yeah, just culturally, that's he just the style of play kills the culture of the team. Like, it's it's so much dribble, dribble, dribble. Like, not a lot of movement. Guys stand still. They're not involved with the offense. And then, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. I if you I saw so I saw bits of both Cavs Nets games and there was no defense being played like on either end it was like score 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 I and that's I feel like they're gonna their their talent is immense like don't get me wrong if I was playing a video game I would choose them but if I'm if I'm having to like make a call for who I think is gonna win I'm not choosing them yeah I I I I can honor that back that like they they uh, one of our buddies, Nick, sent us a video, and it was just uh, like it was a, it was a simulation. It was two K, but it was just showing like what the Nets' offense is going to be, and it was Kyrie taking the ball up the court, taking like thirty dribbles, passing it to to KD, who does the exact same thing, passes it to Harden, who does the exact same thing, and like it's I I'm just like it their type of basketball just doesn't excite me, and I I think they they also like it's it's you got to win in these next two seasons, otherwise you're gonna have to deal with these superstars leaving and having seven the next seven picks that you have are essentially owned by the rockets because they have 2022 2024 and 2026 the rockets just queen have those picks unprotected uh 2021 2023 2025 and 2027 it's pick swaps so they get the worst pick out of the two of them yeah um so like if if houston all of a sudden makes some big moves and uh like drafts drafts well all of a sudden these picks are gonna be the the what sends Houston to be a, a like a dynasty and what sends the Nets to be a bottom feeder for years and years to come, which is yeah. what I'm hoping for. And it's already happened. Like the Celtics did it to the Nets years ago when they gave up K KG, uh Jason Terry and Paul Pierce. Like he mm. they they cleaned house and that's how they got Brown and Tatum was yeah. because of that trade. Um yeah I I like if you were to say like if you had to put money on are they gonna win a championship? Or is one of those three guys not going to be there after this year? I would definitely choose one of those three guys is not going to be there after this year. Like, I think one of those guys leaves. And I think it's probably, 
I would think it was it's Irving because like, like does he want to play? Like I don't like that. That's strange. Why doesn't he? Like sorry, maybe I'm misinformed, but he's just deciding not to play right now. Is that right? Uh, I think it, well, he's he's back now, but yeah, it was just it was weird. Like he went to I know he went to like a birthday party at some point and like was unmasked and got fined like a bunch of money for it. Um, and it like it, it's just it's just weird. Like I really don't know what's going on with him. But I also agree. I think Kyrie would be the guy that that does leave. And uh, somebody pointed it out where uh, he left Cleveland and left playing with LeBron because he didn't want to be Robin to Batman. And yeah, obviously LeBron's Batman, but now he's Alfred. And it's uh, <laughs> like, uh, like you, you, I, I definitely did not come up with that, but uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, it's just it's weird that like you know like he I'm assuming like they they said in Houston James Harden had like a big say in trades personnel GMs coaching hires everything like that I'm assuming Kyrie and KD get the same level of respect respect in Brooklyn where like you know when they have this trade they're like hey we're gonna bring in James Harden. Um, like, I wonder if Kyrie okayed that or is, if that's when he decided, yeah. like, you know, screw it, I'm not playing for Brooklyn. And, like, you know, start sitting out. Yeah, like, they asked his opinion and then they, they went against it. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I mean, could be. I, like, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. And who knows, maybe Kyrie isn't as much of a head case as I, I'm building him up to be, but... Um, no, I think he is. I, like, I, all signs point to it, right? Yeah. No, I totally think he is. Yeah, the Harden stuff, like, in Houston, I heard he had... Say and I've I've heard the same thing with uh, Kawhi and Paul George and and with the Clippers is stuff like um they uh they get to decide when planes leave when practice times are like where they eat just like it's it's all run through them which is again that's not conducive to like a team winning culture. Going back to your first question, just as soon as I said it, the Clippers that is a franchise that in the history of sports, if you took them out, I don't think you you miss a beat. Like they've never, they've never gone to the conference finals. I don't think they've ever, yeah, they've never gone past the second round, right? Well, like Lob City would have been their closest bet with the CP and Blake Griffin, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sorry, I totally. As soon as I said the Clippers, yeah. I thought that was another team. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think it's going to work out. I think I don't think the way it looks right now is the way it's going to look. You know, the start of next season. I think there'll be still some big changes. Um, well, but yeah, like offensively, they're amazing. Like they look great. Their numbers are amazing, but I just don't think it's going to work culturally and in that environment. I don't think it's conducive to, to a winning uh, franchise. It's actually a perfect transition to my next question for you. Steve Nash just actually said, um, uh, like, oh, Frank, I, I really wish I had the, the direct quote, but it was something about like how the, the Nets are like an offensive team and they don't play defense super well. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, here it is. The Nets are not a defensive roster. Um, what do, what do you think about that? Like, what is what does that really mean for the for the Nets? Well, I think for for the coach to go out and say that, I don't know if he's, I don't know, I, is Steve Nash that kind of like savvy, and he is he just trying to like bolster the the Nets right now to say like this is what. We, I'm drawing attention to it. The media is going to draw attention to it. We have to play better on the defensive end because we know offensively we're fine. Like, is he kind of challenging the team that they have to step up defensively? But it doesn't take a like a rocket scientist to understand that that's what they're missing. And especially if you watch those two games against uh, the Cavs, like you need to like they have to play better defense. You can, and in the in the playoffs, I mean that's D'Antoni's system. 
all the way from, from his days with the Suns and Steve Nash was like, we'll let you score 120, but as long as we score 121, we're fine. Like, I don't think, I don't, that, that never won them a series, an important series, like at a conference finals level. So yeah, I, I, Steve Nash is right in saying that. I just wonder what his motivation is in saying that. I wonder, like, I feel like the best way for the Nets to succeed would be to like run the exact opposite of the seven seconds or less offense because you have three good ball handlers. Like they can, they can, you know, you're not going to get too many turnovers with these guys. I wonder if you slow down the game, try and play like a more possession based game, take like, and you know, if you have an an off balance shot, you have three guys that can really make the shot and like Harden, Katie, unreal shooters. Kyrie has made some big time shots in his career. So I wonder if you do like the exact opposite of seven seconds or less and, you know, kind of do 20 seconds or more and like just run out the clock and try and just outscore people rather than play the defensive style of game. Yeah. Like I do feel like D'Antoni's probably on that staff. He's the guy that's kind of running the offense, but his two styles from Phoenix to Houston are very different. And I think the, the GM of the Rockets, I think he had a big say on how they played in, in Houston, but they were so slow in Houston that they, if, if you're to ask, like, what would they do? I don't, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like if you play fast, you know, you, you do have these three scores. You can give them lots of rest because you could always have two of them on the floor. I don't know. I, I, it just the, the, the speed of it kills it, though, because Kyrie wants to, like, check to see if there's ball pressure in the ball and dribble it a thousand times and so does, <laughs> like, James Harden. Uh I think they would be better, to be honest, if they played fast. But I, I wonder, I wonder what will they'll actually do. If you were a coach, you would, you would go more fast. I think I'd go fast. Yeah, my only concern would be, I, would be like Katie's like Achilles, like is because the other thing is he hasn't played a lot. Irving had like Kyrie hasn't played a ton either. So you have this all these games in a shortened time span. There's going to be injuries because they haven't played real basketball, and we're already seeing that. So, if you play fast, does that like increase the you know the possibility of injury? I don't know. I do feel like I, I'd want to play fast because I do think they could score the crap out of the ball, but I don't know. I, I think just they, uh... it would also have the ability to change the pace of the game. So, like, I think if you if you were in if you're in control of how the game is played. They can kind of, instead of playing fast for four quarters, you can kind of dictate how the game's going to go, I think. And you see that in football a lot. Like one team will be completely in control of the pace of the game and how much yeah. time they use. So I think if you brought that over to the, the basketball with a team like the Nets, who would just have the talent to do it, and hopefully the coaching, then uh, that could be interesting as well and kind of beat them like that without having to go fast 24-7 and, and risk the injuries you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Like like I said, I don't think they're gonna find their groove for a long time, uh, and that's just the nature of the season currently. But also the nature of like bringing in a a personality and a talent like Harden. Like I don't think we'll see what they really look like until like March, April kind of thing. I was just looking at like uh, doing some like research midway through here, just because obviously you know definitely out of my league talking about basketball, but. Uh, just kind of looking up like Steve Nash's play style and things like that. And like one of the first headlines that comes up is Steve Nash, the man, the myth, the defensive liability. Uh, so I'm like, I'm like, that's not only is that just like a really funny headline. Obviously I love Steve Nash, good Canadian kid. Um, 
but uh, like I like I wonder if like you know he's actually pretty well suited to coach these guys that you know aren't really too defensively strong like Harden and Kyrie are uh, probably two of the worst defensive guards in the league and then uh Katie's Katie's not too not too uh, shabby on the defensive end of the ball but I feel like he's he could actually be a good coach uh, for these uh the three guys here I do I do too because I think he's he's always had that team mentality um when he was especially when he was with Phoenix um and like Steve Kerr, he took that franchise when Mark Jackson was coaching it and it was like immediate that they were as good as they were. But they it's not like they added any pieces. I, I think he could have that impact on them. But I mean, yeah, like like Steve Nash, sorry, Steve Kerr got Steph Curry when Steph Curry wasn't as like he helped. I think he helped Steve uh, Steph Curry's career so much, whereas these guys are already established. They don't need Steve Nash to come in and, and tell them what to be doing and stuff. So, and, and Kyrie already kind of dismissed Nash's like coaching ability. Cause he's like, we've already got, you know, three coaches on the floor at a time or he made some mention or comment like that back in the fall. I just, I am concerned about their, of how they treat him. I mean, they'll stay in the media. Oh yeah. He's all good. But I don't know. It, it's going to be so interesting. It's, I do think, if I was again to put money on it, I don't think it's gonna culturally. It's not gonna fly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I can definitely see that happening. I I think uh, like we also said the same thing about um, KD on the on the Warriors, and I mean that ended up in two rings, if I'm not wrong. I think so. Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I think I think the the big difference here is there is like three massive egos in in Brooklyn as opposed to like Steph and Clay who are you know pretty like modest you know they're I, obviously I think I think when you're that good you know you're a superstar especially when you know you're Steph Curry you know you're the best shooter in NBA history like you got to have some sort of ego there but um I think the big difference is like Steph and Clay are able to like set aside their egos as opposed to Harden and Kyrie who are going to want the stats and they're going to want you know the the 40 point triple doubles and uh, to average like the 30 point triple double it's season. So we'll see yeah. how that, that all goes and clicks together. Harden yeah. almost got a quadruple double the other night and uh, we had nine turnovers. So he was <laughs> one, short, he's one short, but I will say he's averaging 12 assists with the nets. So he's, he's passing the ball around. He's not quite a, a hoarder at least. He's Does trying that to count as a, as a quadruple double. If you have it in turnovers. No, that can't be. I was gonna ask Bailey. I don't know. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, no, it it would probably be in blocks before steals. I'd say if if the most likely quadruple double. Well, it's it's points, blocks, steals, and rebounds. That's like the the classic quadruple double. Okay. Yeah. But I wonder. I wonder if. uh... Oh, here turnovers do not count towards triple double. It should. That'd be hilarious. That'd be so good. I could average triple double in the NBA. Oh no, probably not. Because I'd still have. To I, I would. I would have a average a double turnovers. <laughs> a double. It's a double. No double double. Just a double. Well, double is oh. for um, the mornings on on Monday mornings. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Um, last thing here. We're gonna do some predictions for uh, the East and West conferences. Uh, Bailey, I want you to give me one surprise team that you see making the playoffs per conference and one surprise team that you don't see making the playoffs for each conference. Oh, oh, okay. So, 
All right, I'm just I I'm looking at the standings. It's you tough. got him. You floored him with that one. <laughs> good though. Well, like I'm looking at the standings right now. So you have two teams that I'm like three teams like in your six, seven, eight in the Eastern Conference: the Cavs, the Hawks, and the Knicks. Where you're like, huh? You know, the Knicks. Like, I if if RJ Barrett he had his career high the other night. Like if he can get it going. Um, and that rookie can maybe get it going. I don't know. May, I would I would say let's let's go with them for fun because I feel like the the league and the the NBA is a better league if the Knicks are good because that's a franchise that has been wholly obsolete for the last twenty odd years minus a couple of years with Carmelo Anthony. But I would take so let's say them to be quick about it and the team out. There's no way Miami stays at six and nine after they had that run they had last year. So, and I might have my house egged if I say the Raptors, so I won't say that. <laughs> um, oh, that's tough, though. Like, who else do you expect to make it? Like, the Magic made it last year, but that's like, they're an eight seed. Um, they're all so close. Like, uh, all the way down to 14th, it's just they're two games back from the eighth seed. And Detroit yeah. is four and a half, but like <laughs> yeah, then Detroit's like, Detroit's just there. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tight finish. Let's say the Hawks. Everyone loves Trey Young and how he plays. So let's say the Hawks. I don't think they'll make it, but that's not I. That, that's not going off on like a. That's not a big. <laughs> that's not a big take, I guess. Okay, so on the West. Yeah. Um, who do I think will make it that hasn't made it? I don't think that's a big take either, but I do think the Suns will make it. Uh, I think they're, they've got, they've definitely got the pieces. Um, I don't know about the war. I, you know what? I want, I think the Warriors are going to make it. Mavs, Suns, sick, four. Uh, I don't know. The Trailblazers, like, should they? No, they. I don't know. the The West is tough. Yeah. The West has so many teams that you think they should be. They should be in it. Yeah. So, which team of those is it going to make it? Let's say, let's say the Grizzlies won't make it out of that group. See, I, I, I think the Grizzlies they played like without their best player for a long time there, and they did pretty well. So I think, own, yeah. like John Morant coming back, I think, I think the Grizzlies could be a team that, uh, that that so, uh, be a Cinderella this year. Are you looking like like Keisha? Are you looking at the standings now? Like, which team yeah. there do you think doesn't make it? That's already in because I think the Warriors do get in. Or so, so, you, so then, yeah. who comes out of that group then? Like, like uh, you look at the top three teams: there, Lakers, Jazz, Clippers. They're all pretty solid teams. Like that's yeah. that, that's like you know pretty set. I, I uh, Portland, yeah. Portland, uh, like Damian Lillard is good enough to make the playoffs on his own. And you have uh, CJ McCollum yeah. as well. I love Damian Lord. I'm such a I'm I'm a big Dame Time guy. So Dame time. Uh, I'm not as much of a fan of his music. He does have one good song, but uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, he's not as good as Cole Beasley, Aiden's Aiden's favorite rapper. Um, Denver, Denver. I really like Jokic. I like Jamal Murray. You know, good Kitchener kid, um, Toronto man. So I think they're good. I think the Grizz like it's Who weird seeing out, the right? Mavericks on the outside, like. I don't know, like maybe, maybe they, they lost by fifty. Yeah. <laughs> the, whatever. What's Luca doing? Luca's Luca's got twenty six nine, uh, twenty six ten and ten, 
Uh, but he just so can't shoot the three. He's ball. an MVP candidate, and you think his team won't make the playoffs? Like, uh, but they got to right, and like I know that's what I'm saying. Is like who comes out of that that top eight right now? Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe we just kick some teams out of the East, like uh, freaking yeah. Hawks and kick <laughs> Rocks, and we can just bring in uh, Dallas and and Spurs. That's that's, what, that's, like, what the, that's that's what the CFL does is they they rearrange the divisions a bit. So like their last two years ago, there was like a West team in the East vision for the playoffs because the east was so bad that they had to bring a west team over to replace them for the playoffs but like i kind of like that like why not get your best talent showcased in the playoffs like obviously playoffs get more views than than regular season that's just like a fact of the matter people start carrying around the playoffs as uh, like you know that's that's just how casuals are but like is that is that really a bad thing to like you know if there's a team like well like the redskins this year who who or sorry the football team. team Football team, football team. Sorry, <laughs> it, it, there's a there's a team like Washington where you know that division was just in shambles the entire year after you know oh. they the the Cowboys lose Dak Prescott, uh, yeah. all that. Obviously, we're gonna bring this back to football. So, um, <laughs> but like you have a, just a terrible team in Washington who like yeah. turned it on in the last couple of weeks, but then they get smacked in the first playoff game. Why not give it to a team that like just missed the wild card spot, like um uh a, a I, I don't even know who didn't make the playoffs this year. We'll give it to the Panthers. You know, why not? Um, but like, <laughs> Many but like, reasons I, why not. Uh, but, like, like Vegas at 8-8, eight and eight, like, they, they missed it. Uh, the yeah. Dolphins at 10-6 and six missed playoffs. Like, um, yeah. there, there's teams that probably should have had that spot rather than just have, like, a division winner. Um, yeah, as, as much as I'm, like, a traditionalist yeah. that you should have, like, an Eastern champion and a Western champion, I think in – that was when, you know, they, they didn't fly, you know, chartered airplanes and stuff. I think now they all have their private jets, like, screw it, let's go, let's go top, eight, top 16. It doesn't matter which conference you are, one versus 16, two versus 15, and, and go from there. I, I agree 100%. I would love that. I am, um, every sport, just one to 16, screw the conference. Let's just, best of the best, you know, and. Because, like, you can just look at, like, if playoffs started today, Dallas is ninth and they're out. But it's like, you're missing, the league is not, is missing Doncic, so one of the future faces of the league from the yeah. playoffs. And, like, you need, especially last year, I love when Doncic, how he played in the playoffs and, you know, he, he hurt his ankle and came back. Like, it was, it was great. But, uh, like, right now, he's, they're not in the playoffs. So they're, I, eight, I think and, the- they're eight and eight. So they'd be, like, sixth in the, or like, It'd be they'd be in the playoffs in the East, so it's always it's always tough. I think the other thing that would be super interesting with like a one to sixteen like seeding is like you could end up with like a you know for me like a Penguins Flyers Stanley Cup final. Like, can you imagine like Penguins Flyers Stanley Cup Game Seven or like Habs Leafs or Habs Leafs like Bailey Celtics Raptors? Um, I don't I know that's not like a a long standing rivalry, but like that'd be cool for you. Um, but like it's seeing Drew Brees versus Tom Brady in the Super Bowl rather than just like a divisional championship game, you know, last ride for last ride for Drew Brees being in the Super Bowl where he's obviously going to get absolutely dummied by Tom Brady in the box. But <laughs> just like just stuff like like stuff like that, like where you could have like division rivals playing in a Stanley Cup final or an NBA final or a, or, or a Super Bowl would just be so cool. Yeah, maybe something. Yeah, I agree. Now. Yeah, Brady. When you take over as commissioner of uh, of the NFL and NHL, you can uh, you can implement yeah. that. I'm commish of all four sports. I'll just make the yeah. <laughs> unilateral change to one to sixteen seating. Anything is better start, than the like, NHL. So. You can veto every single trade or force trades at your will. Oh, that's the 
that's the other thing. That's the other thing that keeps getting brought up. And anytime there's like a big trade or a big move, like it always gets brought up, like the CP3 to 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 the Lakers move. Uh, yeah. how that got vetoed by the league. Like, I, I don't understand why that one got vetoed, especially because it would have just been CP3 and, and Kobe because they would have lost Gasol and Odom, uh, like, back in that trade. Is so, that who it was? I, I, I read something about that the other day. Um, So it wouldn't have been, like, or they, or it was Gasol or Odom, I believe. So I'm, I'm assuming they would have kept Gasol, and the, then it would have been, like, CP3, Kobe, and Gasol, who was a stud at the time. Um. But like that's that's not as dangerous of a team as current day, um, like Harden, Kyrie, and KD. So I wonder why I, I always wonder why that one got vetoed and and uh, this one like uh, other trades, other moves don't. But I guess it's a new commish, so won't won't dive too much into that. They like their super teams. They do. I mean, it's good for the league to be honest with you. Like it's it's good for fans. People want to see. Well, I mean, people wanted to see Golden State. Like, people wanted to see KD, uh, KD, Steph, and Clay, and just watch how they played. Like, I watched a lot more basketball when those three were playing than when they weren't, like, beforehand. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I, I'm not a fan of super teams, but at least now it's more spread out. Because before, like, a few years ago, it was just Golden State, and I hated it, and KD went there, and that was horrible. But now, then the Clippers got a little thing, now the Nets got a little thing, and... All, a bunch of these other teams are kind of building smaller super teams to compete because like it's not now like the Nets have a relative you know quote unquote super team but they're not even the favorites to win so yeah I just look at like then you the, the parity in the league is awful because then you look you know Wizards Pistons Hornets Magic like Bulls like it's hard to name like you know four guys on each of those teams you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. That's that's my only thing about the super team, but um, I yeah I grew up I grew up without super teams and then and then the Lakers decided to sign Carl Malone and Gary Payton. That was like whoa, yeah. it didn't work for them. I don't okay, we, oh. we we hate Carl Malone here, but I yes, think like I it, what I um what, what kind of like more what I mean is like the the regular nba fans like the you know the people that watch every single game of their favorite team or just like you know just have games on all the time anyways they're not going to stop watching because kd went to the warriors or because of this trade but more like casual fans and like people that like you know are on the the, the you know like should i watch a basketball game tonight or should i not they'll be like oh the nets are playing i want to see how this big three's uh you know coming along and they'll throw on the game so yeah. I mean, in terms of like getting more casuals and getting more uh like fans involved in the games Super teams are good because you know people want to see high scoring games. Like, uh, but in terms of like being a like a basketball fan, um, I'm more I'm I'm definitely more of a fan of like a a, a duo than a trio. Like I like seeing Steph and Clay, uh, LeBron and Kyrie, uh, Tatum and 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 Jalen Brown. Like I just mm-hmm. stuff like that. I like that more than seeing like the the big threes because especially when you have a team like the Celtics who drafted their own talent and they built their team themselves, not just signing free agents. I have a lot more respect for a team like that than a team uh, that, like, you know, signs free agents like the Nets did. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's also in how is it done, right? Like, like in 2010, when LeBron goes to heat like that, was that just left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths with, yeah. you know, their big introduction and not one, not two, not three kind of deal. Um, but if it's if it's drafted, that's totally different. Like, like the Warriors are drafted. Like their three main guys of Clay, Steph, and and Draymond Green, they've all been drafted, right? So yeah, that's that's amazing. I think that's yeah. There there is a big difference than you know 
in basketball, youth basketball, it's called the AAU circuit in the States. And it, it just feels like it's a whole bunch of AAU teams who are like, oh, let's let's bring this guy in and let's bring this guy in. And I, that just sours it for me. But I agree that you're saying that the casual fan wants to watch. Therefore, your TV money goes up. And we've already talked about how much money these guys are getting paid. And it's all based on the TV deals. So it seems to be working. <laughs> I mean, hey, when you're signing Paul George to $36 million a year, like, I think you're, I think you're okay. Like, there's players yeah. in the league that are making, like, $16 million, and, like, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, that's terrible. Get that contract out of there. But then, like, you look around, and you're like, okay, wait a minute. That's actually <laughs> not bad. I think, I think OG and Anobi's one is 16 or 18 or something like that, and he's just, like, a guy in the team, you know, but, like, on, for football or hockey, that'd be the highest paid by $4 million or, <laughs> Yeah. McDavid's on what, like, like twelve million a year, and he, that's just like absurd. Like Aaron Gordon making eighteen million dollars this year is absurd <laughs> to me. Clint Clint Capella is making sixteen. Gary Harris Gary Harris is making twenty million dollars, and like that's like a a decent contract. Yeah, and that's when you see like whatever LeBron's making, like he's underpaid. <laughs> like that guy's yeah, totally underpaid. If, if those guys are making that money. What's uh, who's got the biggest number? Uh, would it be think Steph? It, I think it's Dame. Dame is signed. I don't know if he's the number one because I think I looked it up and it wasn't, but it's like 50 or something or 48 or I don't know. It's uh, this season, that's like the season Steph is at 43 and he's leading. Yeah. Okay, okay, but so uh, much. Russell. Russell Westbrook is on 47 million in 2023 and that's higher than okay, I think anything we've ever seen. Oh no! Who's this? Damian Lillard, fifty-four million dollars in twenty twenty-four. Fifty-four million dollars. It's like the cap space for some NHL teams. He's he's <laughs> guaranteed on his contract. Oh, who is this? Oh, wait, okay, no, it's still, still Damian Lillard. He's he's guaranteed two hundred and twenty-seven million dollars. Wow, that's guaranteed money. That is like absurd that's just way more that yeah that is an nhl team's cap space <laughs> that's wow that's crazy like but john wall right now so he's making 41 how many playoff games has that guy been in well like exactly. six like that's horrible like that's just that's when it gets frustrating is like you're paying these guys and if i'm a fan of that team and you're paying these guys and they're not producing and we're not getting the not even getting the playoffs right yeah what's the point mm-hmm. okay so. ottawa ottawa's cap like this year that they've spent is 70 million dollars so you could for essentially for for damian lillard you could have the entire ottawa senators franchise <laughs> that's crazy and that's gonna be a good franchise in a couple years they have a good goalie <laughs> they have oh my god that's insane it's ludicrous how much money these guys make but the thing is People always, like, make the comparison that, like, you know, uh, NBA players, NFL players, like, you shouldn't get more money than doctors to, like, throw a, uh, just to throw a ball around or, or pass a ball. And I 100% agree with you if it wasn't for the fact that it's just not how the world works. Yeah. Your money is based off the revenue you bring in. Uh, 10 yeah. million people are not going to tune in to watch a doctor do, like, a, you know, like, do a consultation. But the, there, there's going to be a I couple agree. thousand people that watch a preseason basketball game, never mind, like, a NBA Finals Game 7. So it's, it's based off the revenue that they bring in. So, yeah. unfortunately, you can't say these contracts aren't deserved, but, um, you know, it, it sucks that that's the way the world is where uh, these guys are making $70 million a year. But, 
hey, they earned it. They worked for it. So, And on the other yeah. end of it is if like someone is deciding to pay these guys that, that means yeah. that someone who is owning the franchise is okay with that, which probably means the f- owner of the franchise is making boatloads more. Like when you look at the value of franchises and how they go up, like I think Minnesota, they had, they've just sold their franchise or it was for sale, but it was astronomically more than what they purchased it for. Like the yeah. owners are, are as much as, you know, sports fans get upset with the athletes. Like, look at the owners. They're the ones that are making the, like the crazy amount of money and they're not doing anything. And, and like, I, I honestly, I still don't really know what an owner does on a team. Like other than, I, I guess technically what they're called governors now in the, uh, in the NBA, right? They, they made that change a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. so, okay, we got it. We got to be politically correct here. I said Redskins earlier, so I can't, we got, we're on thin ice. Um, but I, I, I still don't really know what an owner does aside from just buy the team and then sell it in 20 years or give it to their kids and their kids sell it for double what they paid for it. Just, just a, it's just a, the, it's just a massive investment, right? Yeah, it's it's the most yeah. fun investment that you can make. I, I think the Packers are still openly traded. I know Manchester United is. I have shares of Manchester United, but um, the I think the Packers are still openly traded. So that's like the only team that's like publicly funded and owned, which is kind right. of a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. Ownership is, and I think that's what what was so great of the Patrick Mahomes deal is like he owns it now, right? Like he has. Wait, does he own? He he purchased ownership within the Royals, was it with his money? Royals, yeah, the yeah, Royals. The Royals. Like you need like Michael Jordan. Like it's great to have you know these minority, you know, like these black owners finally owning parts of these teams because otherwise it's just all these rich white guys making this money, which is crazy. Yeah, and we don't want that, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, Mr. Billy, yes. before we wrap this up, we do yeah, have, we, we have, uh, you know, this is part three of four. So we have, you know, a yeah. six hour episode here. And then Brady <laughs> said we get a full key shot episode as well. So, you know, we got that. Right. Coming. Hey, no, you know, <laughs> we got, we got like 24 hours worth of content. Um, yeah. We got, we do have some, uh, some NFL games coming up today. Do you, are you, I'm assuming you're going to be watching. I will be. Yeah. What do you, what do you got for your, who, like, who are you picking Fiction. to win both of them? Uh, if I, I'm not going to go crazy. I do think. Now that Mahomes is playing, I do think the Chiefs will win, um, and I think the Packers will win. I think the Packers, if you were to put a gun to my head, I think the Packers are going to win the whole thing, just because I've I've watched them a couple times this year, and I just feel like if you don't make them pay, and if they give you a little, if they give you an inch and you don't utilize all that, and, and you take advantage of any opportunities they give you, they immediately make you pay for it, and. When you have like the running game and the talent and Aaron Rodgers, I just think they're just too good. I think they, they've got it going right now. So I would think the Packers win overall. But if if one game was to be an upset, I do think it would be the Bills game today. All right. Well, I will uh, – when the when the Buccaneers win by 30 points tonight, I'll make sure to send you a message and uh, <laughs> rub, yeah, rub it in here a little first. bit. Do you, is that who you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I went, uh, it's mostly just because I absolutely cannot stand the Packers. I think they have a super talented roster. I just hate that franchise. So I went, I went with a division rival of mine. I went with the Bucks, and then I, I took Chiefs cause I'm a, I'm a Patrick Mahomes simp. So I will always root for Patrick Mahomes. Right. Well, I, I, I do. I want to say one thing. I do think the Lakers are going to win again. 
I'm going to say that. Okay. So I need yeah, to put yeah, that yeah. out. That's the last thing is the uh, finals prediction for the thing. So who, who are the Lakers going to beat then? Uh, I don't know. That's the, that's the tough one. I, tough maybe stuff. Milwaukee gets over top, but I, I watched Milwaukee LA the other night and yeah. until you can figure out how to, how to guard those two guys at the end of a game with three people and not give up so much on the other side, I think the Lakers are just going to be too good. And I think the Lakers got better. And it hurts me to say this because LeBron is probably going to win it his fifth. But uh, I definitely, I think, I think they're going to win it. He's close to six. But it's not six. And he's, <laughs> don't get me started this again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Mr. Bailey part four and five will be coming up shortly. So let's stay tuned for those. All right, mid mid season, the post season NBA, and <laughs> just we, suck we like a variety. As, we like yeah, we like we like a variety in sports. It's good. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to have somebody educated talk about basketball for once on the podcast, rather than just Brady and I spewing <laughs> misinformation. <laughs> yeah, well, it's always fun. Although I didn't hear Aiden at all today. It was, it was Aiden? He's just the he's the sound guy today uh, for basketball. He's he's listening. He's he's you know. He's just a, just a fly on the wall for the boys here. Yeah, he, he knows. He doesn't know much. Then uh, he knows more. Give him credit. <laughs> he he does. he does. He doesn't like to share it. He's a smart guy. Uh, <laughs> he's he's no he's no Ryan Matthews, but he's close. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Bailey, thanks for joining us again. I uh, really appreciate your Thank time you. on a on a Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> he, some 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 great great takes and some great uh, great great uh, notes here. So. It is always fun hanging out with you guys and and talking sports. Hopefully at one point we can do this actually in person, not over line online or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. uh, Hanging tight here. So it's still on my bucket list to have a, have a beer with Mr. Bailey. So that's the, that's the point. When, when quarantine gets lifted a little bit, we'll, uh, the brassy for the brassy. Go, go slug some beers at the brassy. I'm in. Nachos, brassy nachos. Oh, anyways, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. Uh, Yeah, I appreciate it. My pleasure. I'll see you around. All right. Yeah, thanks for having us. Another guest this time. It is my our long life friend, or I guess people say lifelong friend. A little switch up there. Sorry about that. Um, We got Chef Veer, guest on the podcast, first time. How you doing? How's it going, boys? I'm good. Thanks for having me. He is right. our uh, he, he's our he's a basketball guy out of our friend group. Uh, you know, he he grew up playing the sport. He's an absolute baller. Um, can shoot from anywhere and just clamps everybody down on D. Um, he's just probably the best basketball player I've ever seen live, and that's you know, that's that's saying a lot because I uh, <laughs> saw Damari Carroll play once, so you know, that's saying a lot. Um, Why is Damari Carroll the guy you went to? I just, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, cause I was going to say like DeMar DeRozan, but I thought I would just say a, a more random name. So is that, you, you um, nailed it with Damari Carroll. Yeah. I'm, I'm better than both of them. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, but and, and uh, humble yeah. as ever is, of course. Right. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolute baller over here. And um, yeah, definitely the basket other than Bailey, who is our, basketball resident uh that is there's role in the group he just tells us about basketball and he's a huge raptors fan ex bulls fan or are you still like a bull like a hybrid uh i was a bulls fan with Derek rose so i'm a rose fan yeah. rose fan okay yeah. 
How's, how's Rose doing these days? He's not bad. He's out right now. He's got like a little knee problem going on, like you, like usual. But he's playing well. He's doing. Usual. He's doing good. Good. Is Detroit is he with or is that? Yeah, is that he's with Detroit right now. How are they doing? That's a good question. I mean, I don't think they're doing amazing. Dead last. Um, three and thirteen. Oh no, no, they're 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 three and thirteen. They're dead last right now. All right, yeah, that's not amazing. <laughs> I, I just want Rose to get out of there. He needs some success. I feel bad for him. Twelve he's, games. He's averaging. He he needs a ring, fifteen. What's up? He's a ring. No, Derek. Derek Rose needs a ring. That's a guy that I definitely want to see win one. Absolutely, I'm with you on that. I, I was Hopefully. hearing, I was hearing rumors that he would have gone to the Lakers in the off season, and I was kind of pushing for that because I mean that'd be great, a great situation for him, but didn't end up going through. So, just kind of sucks. Yeah. Hopefully, he's able to. Not not exactly ring chase per se, but hopefully mm-hmm. he's able to join a, a you know a good playoff team that can, a contender. You know, yeah. Play, play his role and both leadership and you know just a baller. So, I, like obviously, I think Jimmy Butler is the better player right now. But uh-huh. if he can kind of be that Jimmy Butler eye on like a you know like the the vet who has who has a lot of drive in him kind of thing on the team with some young superstars or a young superstar, let's say, exactly, that'd be yeah. really cool. No, we can talk about that another time, I guess. Um, so. Avir is a huge Raptors fan, like the like two of our other guests. So um, I'll talk a little, a little bit about the Raptors. Um, our two, uh, Phil and Harry, we talked to them about the Raptors, but that was in the preseason. So it's kind of like how the Jeez. season's gonna, how the season's gonna look like and whatnot. And I, I, I don't think any of us predicted a, quite the slow start. I'd, 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 have, I'd have to listen to it, but um, I wouldn't have off, imagined this kind of start to be honest. They're they're off to a slow start. They're uh, six and nine right now, sitting at uh, nice, sitting at eleventh in the East, but only one game back out of a playoff spot. So it's not terrible. Uh, We're making five, our way back. Five games back from first, a very very tight East, and they have been on a bit of a bit of a sh- not not like a streak. Well, one, yeah. One, two, three, four. They've won four out of the last five, so they are trending upwards. Yeah. Um, Manvir, what would you say is some of the causes to their slow start? Uh, they lost a big piece in Abaka. Abaka, I felt like, was a big part of their offense, and he brought a lot of energy off the bench a lot, or he'd even start, you know? So I think losing him and missing that sort of presence in the paint or even – him spreading out the offense on the court. I just thought that was a big piece that they lost. Um, it was understandable because I think, you know, Masai was trying to cash in on Giannis, but, you know, that didn't happen. So it's just it's tough because he brought in some new guys with, like, Baines and um, who is that guy, Len? But I think we released Alex, him recently. Yeah. He just signed um, with the Wizards, I think. I think so. He Yeah. But I, I just think right now they're just trying to – get the new guys incorporated into the offense, get get something going there. But I won't I won't put it past them to like pick it back up and actually make the playoffs. Um I mean I was talking about it with my dad the other day. Like, I was just saying that the East is pretty strong right now, but I think Raptors can clinch top five, if anything. They, yeah, they it was just they, a they could definitely sneak in, I think, for sure and get, you know like a like a six to eight seed or even five. But yeah, you know, because then you you start moving up because like the Nick the Nets are currently in five so like that's mm-hmm. the competition there. It's um, just a slow start, you know. I say something, Keish. I like it's just it's weird to see them just stumbling out the gate like this. 
I agree. Uh, you got you got to wonder like Pascal was supposed to be like the guy. Like he was, you know, you he's not going to be Kawhi Leonard. I I feel like that's going to be a, a too tall of a milestone to replicate. Mm-hmm. But you know, you lose Demar to bring in Kawhi. That's fine. You get your championship. You lose Kawhi. Pascal starts off as an MVP candidate to begin last season. Um, and then he struggled in the bubble, and now it seems like the struggles are still continuing, not just for him, but just for like the whole Raptors team. Like, yep. Like when like what Chris Boucher is probably playing the best. Oh, he's killing it right now. But like he outside of that, like Lowry's gonna be Lowry. He's always just gonna be super consistent. I think that's so good mm-hmm. about a player's consistency. But outside of that, I think um, like you gotta wonder like if 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 it's even good for the Raps to, like, make a playoff push this season because that's just going to hinder, um, like, a rebuild or a retool because I don't think you need a rebuild. Yeah. But uh, it, just one of those things where, like, do you really go all in? Like, are they buyers or sellers this season? They're definitely buyers this season, but they're going to have to let some guys go at the same time. Um, yeah. There are a few. Like, I think there's some free agents next season. I can't remember which ones they are, but... I know Oladipo um, is. Yeah, Oladipo's a big one. But I know the biggest one. I know Masai is going to make some moves in the next offseason. I think this season's more so like, let's see how it goes. I don't think we're obviously, like... I don't think he has his sights on a ring right now, the way it's going. And with the whole East being this stacked and the West being the West, I don't think he sees a championship right now. But... Um, I think he'll make the necessary trades to kind of give Raptors more offense. Because right now, like, they they don't have that elite scorer who we can go to every time like we had Kawhi and DeRozan. Like, there's nobody kind of stepping up in that sense. So it's just hard because, like Keyshan said, not everyone is as consistent. So they they need that one guy who can kind of, like, trigger the offensive momentum and, like, kind of help them on that and so i think Masai will make a move that'll help us oh i i won't put anything past him ever again after that Kawhi trade so was, would you yeah yeah that was monumental to bring in a legitimate top three superstar in the league but like would you guys be upset if they moved on from pascal siakram just after this season i don't think they will but that's yeah wouldn't cry about it you know like I, yeah i wouldn't be mad depends on who we got but um much value does he even have like i don't other think teams I... are gonna see his downward trend as well yeah like it's tough like okay buddy has one bad playoffs and he's not off to a great start right now are you really just gonna count him out after yeah. his success so far like i just think you got to give him the benefit of the doubt let him get back get his groove back because he's had he's had some good games this year so i just think we gotta let him get his confidence up and go from there if it's persisting and ongoing then maybe It'll have to be considered, but I don't think I'd be that bothered. I, see, I don't disagree. I think, like, in, in terms of pro sports, people, uh, like, especially a guy like Pasco who's proven himself to be a really talented player, mm-hmm. they have a little bit of a longer leash. They need a little bit of time to develop. So I don't I don't think trading Pascal is the right move, but I also wouldn't really say it's the wrong move, especially if you can bring back, like, you know, maybe a guy that could actually trans- like turn into a superstar, like, that mm-hmm. we thought Pascal was going to be not, like, you know, Pascal he's going to be good as like a, a second option. I like, think yeah. he's a great second option, but the thing is, so was Kyle Lowry. Lowry's a second option. He's not a number one, like mm-hmm. Kawhi was. Exactly. That's why, like, having that, that's why having that number one was so important with, you know, exactly. with Kawhi. And, and even, even DeMar was kind of like that, the number one for a while. And, and it worked, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he would go out, he'd get, he'd be the bucket getter and, you know, Lowry would be the three point shooter. And, you know, 
that all changed. Siakam kind of became that, and it worked with Kawhi. You know, you need that superstar, and every, and every the Raptors are just fantastic. You know, supporting cast, like one of the yeah. best supporting cast, plus the bench. I is what I am including as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the bench mob, and now bench mob. Point oh, you know, I love it with you know Norman Powell, Boucher off the bench, Stanley Johnson's picking it up, Terrence Davis, Gosh, and for sure, Addy Ice, and even you know, and once Malachi Flynn gets some experience, you know, I think he has a lot of promise. So, like, it doesn't mean anything unless you have that superstar. If I was the Raptors right now, I would probably focus less on running the offense around Siakam and focus more on OG, because OG, like, I was reading um, this article where he was working with like Matt Thomas, who's a great shooter, as well as like Van Vliet and Lowry on just perfecting his shooting form. And like, if you look in the games recently, like his three point percentage has gone a lot higher and he's just making more shots. So I think it's better. It's more in the Raptors interest to kind of get OG going and give him more opportunity than Siakam. Um, And I think it'll just work out better. Um, that's just my opinion, I guess. Yeah, and but like as yeah, as much as I w- I would love OG to kind of find his offensive footing, he's it, we don't need him to be that guy because he's you know he's our all star defensive guy. You know he's he's averaging two yeah. steals a game. He's, he's he can shut anyone down. As a rookie, he was up against LeBron in the playoffs. You know that was That's his true, intro- yeah. that was his introduction, and uh, he got better each time. And and mm-hmm. now, nowadays he's he's fantastic. So I think that the, the He's more like our def- defensive guy, and um, but like he can definitely like when he decides to like work in the paint, and he put a ton of muscle on, and he can shoot the three as well. Exactly, and especially, like if, la- especially last year when he hit that buzzer beater against the Celtics. Oh yeah, like if he can turn into like a good two way player, that'd be yeah. a great threat. You know, like it'd be a really good huge player to have to like surround your offense with. Yeah. So. Hopefully, I I love OG and I hope we keep him because you know he's he's always in a bunch of trade rumors and yeah for, for packages for these upper superstars. But I'm like, okay, like yeah, sure you might get so and so superstar, but you're giving up OG and Norman Powell, so and they have potential. Point. Like, it's a point there because it's and you, even you know you look at his, you can look at his stats. Oh, OG only has 14 points per game. Yeah, but he's mm-hmm. clamping down whoever he's facing. Exactly. Yeah. Or people want to trade Fred Van Vliet. But I'm like. Okay, well, he's the only—he's re- one of the only reasons why we won the finals because he held Steph Curry mm-hmm. to freaking four points a game, <laughs> like, and he, he had some really big shots and big shots, like playoff Freddie and playoff Powell. But I different. think with Freddie now, um, the Raptors are going to give him the whole, like, he's going to be the new face for the point guard because I think Lowry's of course, kind yeah. of transitioning it over to him and like letting him take the reins, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think the Raptors are going to keep Freddie for as long as they can. Um, because he's he's shown how good he is. You know, this guy went from being undrafted, signed a two-way deal, won a championship in the G League, helped the Raptors in the next few years win a championship, and now he's just kind of taking that leadership role on the team. So I think the Raptors will stick with him. Yeah, Freddie seems like the the perfect replacement for Lowry, and then you know hopefully Flynn becomes the next uh, Anvilite to you know yeah. off the bench and then learn under him and. You know, I, I do love Flynn as, and he's a defense. He's also a defensive-minded person before offense. Mm-hmm. So he just needs more minutes. Yeah, just to, show, just to show his talent. So that's a, the next thing I want to talk about is you know Nick Nurse's coaching decisions. Like he's not really giving anyone 
minutes um other than like the top six or seven so like and, like he's really playing these the top six or seven overdrive and then yeah people and i like, get that in a way from a coach's perspective like i get that I play your best players but like at what right point now, do you want to give experience and minutes to stanley johnson terrence davis matt flynn um so matt, St- matt stanley johnson's he's getting minutes now you know oh, stanley is, johnson's yeah, yeah. getting more minutes um but it's just tough because, like, yeah. when your team isn't doing great, like, your record's not great, the offensive isn't isn't really, like, moving, nothing's, like, actually working, it's tough to, like, bring in those new guys because you don't want to risk, like, getting a – like, losing a lead or going yeah. down more. Like, it's just – it's a hard situation. And, like, Nick Durst, he just – he has to pick and choose when to play guys. What I'm more concerned about is him not playing Matt Thomas. He's playing, like, Malachi Flynn more than Matt Thomas. And yeah. Matt Thomas has shown him, like, a lot of promise. Like, he's a great shooter. Like, every time he's on the court, he hits, like, at least two or three threes. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it's just tough. Because in a coach, like, in his point of view, like, there's so much he has to take into consideration. And I think he just wants to rely on his main, like, six or seven guys to kind of get the job done. And that's why they're blowing so many second-half leads. Because... Exactly all their guys are so tired and mm-hmm. i think like every single one of our losses we were like winning by double digits and then oh, yeah. like third third fourth quarter just plummets and then we lose by a couple points like it's just heartbreak we lose by a couple well the last four games combined matt thomas has 13 minutes yeah that's what that's insane this should not be like that this he's what's this his second year on the team or yeah i think yeah second. i think second or third year on the team and he's played. He's played well. Every time he's on the court, he does well on the offensive end. So like, so you need you need him. And yeah, I don't so know. It's it's just about experimenting with different line combinations. See what yeah. works. Um, who to put in when we have the lead? Who who to put in when we don't have the lead? Um, and then there's also the issue of the center position, as uh, mm-hmm. Baines hasn't really <laughs> been that guy for us yeah, yet. Uh, I agree. I think. Like, as good as Boucher is off the bench, and he brings that, like, he's he's great as a second unit, playing against the other team's second unit, but I think Boucher might have to... I, I would want him to get the starting role. Like, he's definitely proved it this season. Um, he's in talks for being sixth man of the year. It's way too early right now, but he's in talks. Um, but, I don't know. I think, I think Nurse should give him a chance to start and see how he does with the starting lineup. And I think it would be a better choice over Baines, to be honest. Yeah, and if he doesn't get six man of the year, definitely most improved. I mean, he's just unsung. yeah. I mean, he's for sure most improved. He's a, he's averaging fifteen points a game compared to Baines's four, then uh, six and a half rebounds per game compared to Baines's point eight, and that's exactly. coming off the bench compared mm-hmm. to the starting. He's <laughs> he's, he's made a he's fifty percent ma- from three. Like what yeah. the heck? He's he's making the sort of jump that Siakam had in his second year where he won the most improved player. Like yeah. sure Siakam was averaging like maybe twenty four or something, but Boucher, like compared to his stats last year, he's made a considerable jump and it's it's really benefiting us because most of like the leads we have are kept with the help of like Boucher because he's he he's able to spread the floor. He doesn't just stay in the paint. Like he can shoot the three. Like you said, what fifty yeah. percent from three? Like he's able to do that. So it just it makes more room on the floor, and he's 
He's playing really well right now. And he's averaging two and a half blocks per game, and which is unreal. Remember that yeah. one game he had seven blocks? Oh, yeah. It's just, he's just sends stuff everywhere, you know, tall, yeah. lanky, and he put some muscle on, which I, I really wanted him to do. Gained so. a lot of muscle. I think, yeah, that's a, a great, great step there. But if, I think if they can, like if they had like a, uh, like on the Cavs, I know we talked about it with Bailey just now. The Cavs have like seven centers. Yeah. So like if if the Raptors were able to trade for like an Andre Drummond or something, just like a big guy who just gets boards, and he's averaging fifteen boards a game right now. Yep. Like so on that, I I was reading something where the Cavs are looking to trade yeah. Drummond mm-hmm. or get rid of him. So I was like, if Raptors were smart, they should kind Have of you. pick him up or like make a deal for that because Drummond isn't just like a rebound kind of guy he can score as well like he's a dominant big man in the paint yeah so i think it would be a great move for Masai to do something with that but it's it's like who would we give up you know like baines wouldn't be a fair trade for drummond we would have to give no. up more <laughs> so it's it's kind yeah. of like uh what do we what, what are we really willing to give up for that one center and will it be worth it kind of thing you look at how bad the raptors are without a surge slash Gasol, and that mm-hmm. could you know it's it's relatively the same team, uh, yeah. But you're, you're you're missing the two centers, so you can see how important a big man is, and two all star so, centers. Like they're they're both yeah. great centers, you know. So yeah, and, yeah, and so I don't know, but and it's I think we can afford to kind of go the like trade draft picks as well because we have such a young team. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, who who would go? I don't I, don't, I think. I don't think he's worth like an, a Powell or anything, but you might they might look at like a, a Terrence Davis or Stanley Johnson who are kind of on fire. I could recently. see that, yeah. I mean, um, who knows if Terrence Davis is still going to be with us, you know, because yeah. of the I, whole. I think he's still in court right now, so. Yeah. So, I don't meantime. know. I mean, I've always said that if there is a good, if there is a trade happening for a good player, I wouldn't mind if Powell was included in it. Like, yeah, Powell's great but he's not as consistent as he could be. He had one great season, like not one, but like he had a really good season. I think it was last year or the year before he had a, he had a good season. So it's just in this case, out of all the players we have and out of the best players we have, I, I think Powell would be the most expendable. Of course, especially with uh, Stanley and TD coming up to kind of, yeah, move up. they can, they can definitely move up in the bench to get more minutes. And then, and then Matt Thomas and Flynn would be able to, to move there. So Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, so I think we might see Powell get moved. Um, we'll see what Mazai does if he wants to make a push for like a top five seed this year, top six yeah. seed. Because we're yeah, we're I, only. I think he'll make a trade before like midway through the season. At some point, he will make a trade that will help the Raptors in some way. Like Masai always does something, so I'm just waiting on it. Yeah, and we're only one game from the sixth seed. So, yeah. you know, I, I think I think he'll do something, especially. And like I said, they won four of the last five. They are trending upwards and kind of finding mm-hmm. their footing a bit more. And Pascal has been um, playing much better than he did at the beginning of the season. And it's 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 coming around. So it is. I, I, I see them making the playoffs. Uh, are they going to go deep? I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably not. But we'll see. But yeah. they're they're like you said, they're moving in the right direction. And. Let's just see how they go from here. They maybe they found their offensive rhythm now. So let's just see. See. All right. 
Next up, uh, we talked a bit about this with Bailey. Let's see if uh, you have a different take on this. The uh, the Nets trade. You know, they went out and acquired James Harden, shipped out a couple pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you what do you think? What do you think of it? So, I think it's it's a good move on the Nets part. Yeah, they lost a big man in Jared Allen. He he's he's a good. He's young as well, and he was really good. So that that might be a tough loss, but they have DeAndre Jordan. So DeAndre Jordan's a really good center. He he can get boards. He can score. If they if they just give him more offensive minutes, I think he can he can establish a good rhythm again, like he used to play back in LA. Um, but yeah, who else did they lose? Karis LeVert. Yeah. Um, I thought he was great off the bench for the Nets, but that's another big piece that you know they just had to kind of get rid of to acquire James Harden. But I think it's a great trade for them because you know. I mean, Harden's offensive, like, his offense is, is amazing. And he constantly, like, just he runs the offense. He's kind of like, oh, if Kyrie's on the bench, you put the ball in James Harden's hand, he can run the offense. He can get people involved. Um, if KD's not playing, you can count on Harden to score. Um, but on the other side of it, I was like, how is it going to work if all three of them are on the court at once? Like, who, who, who's going to want the ball, you know? Um it's just in that sense, it might be hard. Like how, how will they um, like that cohesion on the court? Like, will they be able to work together? Like, especially in late game situations, like who, who's going to have that ball in their hand. Um, but I don't know. Overall, I, I'd say the Nets were able to get a good player. And I think if they can kind of get him into the offense and like adapt the game plan to Harden, um, it w- it will work out good in the long run. Like I think they can make a good, um, a deep run in the playoffs. That's that's my perspective. Yeah, a a deep run for sure. Uh, Bailey predicted they would not make the finals. They're gonna have more more self implode before they you know go on a tear if anything. And you can see like you know they they got smoked by the Knicks, right? Like it's Cavs. Yeah, Cavs, Cavs, Cavs. Colin Sexton just. He snapped completely, just completely yeah. uh, snapped. You know, uh, did, no, I didn't lose the next. Um, but then again, so, yeah, like this is the like second or third game that all of them have been playing together. So yeah. I wouldn't put it past them. Like, just let's wait for playoffs. Playoffs is when you're really gonna see how Our well counts. they can work together. Because usually when playoffs hit, the best players will play how they're supposed to play. And I think, like, Harden, every playoffs, he always plays well. Durant, he's one of the most elite scorers in NBA history. Yeah, he's going to play well. And Kyrie's really clutch, too. He's, he's shown how good he is. So I think, I think playoffs is where you can really make a judgment. And I, I personally think that the Nets can go to the finals, but I, it won't be an easy, an easy route there. Like, it won't be sweeps or winning in five. Like, I think... If they do go, it'll be series in like six and seven to get there. Um, yeah, so I think depth is a issue for them because before, you know, you have KD and Kyrie, uh, you yeah. know, a decent duo, you would say. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, when De- when DeAndre goes off, okay, Jared Allen's coming in. They're not really skipping a beat. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so whoever goes off and uh, like Dinwiddie before his injury or Joe Harris, and then Karis Levert comes in. If you yeah. forward, I forget. It's you're not skipping a beat, but now it's like the depth is an issue, and I'm a huge fan of you know a good bench, a good 
good depth so you, you don't you keep the lead and you or you add on to it when your starters are on the bench yeah. now i'm a little concerned are they and then but is is nash going to kind of split up the big three so that one or two is always on the court and it's not just three of them start the game and then three of them go to the bench kind of thing I think, yeah, he's going to obviously stagger it so that there's yeah, exactly. one like star on the court at all times because Levert brought brought the offense for the second line. He used to be a starter, but then like mm-hmm. they found out that he was a lot better when he was with the second unit against another team's second unit. So the Nets really had that like piece off the bench, you know, and they kind of mm-hmm. lost that. So I think it, it's in, in Nash's best interest to kind of stagger the big three on the court, maybe keep two on at once, or even like having Kyrie run the offense offense at one point and then kind of give him a rest and then bring Harden on or then give him a rest and put KD on. Like, I think if you just have one guy on the court at all times, it just, it'll help keep a lead or avoid having the other team kind of go on a run. Exactly. And, and we then we also touched on the, you know, the ego part of it. And is one of them going to be upset that they're the one running the second team and not the first team? Or if Nash draws up the, you know, okay, game winning shot, we're going with Harden. Is KD or Kyrie going to be like, no, I want that. Sh- I want that shot. Kind of like, you know, Pippen mm-hmm. when they drew it up for uh, what's his face to take the last shot. Um, is there going to be kind of that? Uh, no, I, 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 I know what you mean. Like it's, I think players got to, like, those three, they got to realize they got to be unselfish and they got to put their egos aside. They're all great players. And, like, they they just got to look at who's the best in this situation. Like, with the game down, personally, I'd put it in KD's hands because he's a great scorer. And when he shoots, nobody comes close to blocking him. And he, because he just has that length, you know? But, I, like... I swear that in the beginning of the season, there was talks that Kyrie wouldn't be listening to Nash or like something like that. But I think they have enough respect for Nash as a coach to like go with his decision on who gets the last shot. But I think as players, they'll understand because they're all elite in their own way. And when it comes to closing out a game, whoever has the hot hand, in my opinion, should kind of close the game out. And I think the players would agree. Hopefully they, they all kind of get on the same page. Like, hey, I just want to win. I don't care if I have two points or, or 40. Yep. Um, play the hot hand. So, like, we'll see. I, I'm i not sold on that right now that that's going to be how things go. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, well, I, think, I, think, I think they're going to clash. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're going to end up shipping Kyrie out for kind of that depth because I think KD and Harden is, is – good enough for offense <laughs> yeah so like maybe we do see like a, a trade like that for Kyrie for um to improve the depth for the playoffs or um uh, you know in, in all the injuries with the with the shortened season and stuff or uh, the you know COVID and stuff it's yeah. really really valuable to have depth right now so for sure I agree with yeah, that I think Kyrie's yard one out and Keish also agreed and so did Bailey so in oh, this well, sense yeah he 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 does look like he's the odd one out because you, when you bring in a guy like Harden, Harden brings more than just like scoring. He can he can involve his teammates really well because he draws a lot of attention to himself. Like he draws a lot of double teams a lot. And Kyrie, he doesn't really get as many double teams. So I noticed that with Harden, like you have that guy who 
brings multiple defenders on him and it just opens up more people to score. Whereas Kyrie, like he doesn't really bring that. But then again, on the other side, all three of them together, like I don't know if you watched yesterday's game, but they closed out the game. Like them three scored like the last, I think, 12 to 15 points. They all like took turns scoring. So that, that kind of showed promise in that sense where like, okay, these three are working together. They're passing the ball. They're giving each other like chances to score and they're not hogging the ball. So I, I want to see how it goes like midway through the season if they're, if they're still playing well. But I, I do agree with you guys that Kyrie would be the odd one out and the most like expendable to like get that depth. For sure. Um, Keish, do you have anything? I don't know if you're eating or active right now. Do you have anything to add? Anything that we said or? You know, uh, eating on? during a podcast is just a sin. I would never do such a thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think, um, like I uh, Veer Veer brought up some good points. They're they're very different players, and I think, um, like they could end up like coexisting pretty decently, especially because Harden and KD have already had that chemistry. Mm-hmm. So I I I could I could really see see them like gelling pretty decently. But I I'm on I'm on I'm on the camp that like eventually the egos are gonna blow up and blow over. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, th- it, there's a there's like quite a bit of. Uh, you know, like uh, a time that needs to pass before we get a uh, get a good read on how the trade is going to pan out, especially with uh, was it eight uh, first round picks being involved. But yeah, if the Nets if the Nets want to win now, they have three of the best players in the game. So exactly, and right now, it's way too early to tell right now. Oh yeah. So I think you just got to give them a bit more time to see, like, okay, are they actually that good together? So I think we'll see in the coming like months. You gotta also, give them I, uh, time to get to know each other, and play together. I I I agree, and just on on a separate topic, um, I I was just on Twitter, just kind of scrolling through, and um, I just saw it quite possibly the funniest tweet, and I wanted to bring it up because we got two Raptors fans in the chat. Uh, so the tweet goes: uh, When Kobe died, dudes were saying how they were gonna start appreciating players, but then they went and started calling Pascal Siakam an African Beyblade. So I just I just <laughs> think that's. Absolutely hilarious. Wanted to share that. I mean, buddy, yeah, got toast. He's known for his spin move, you know. <laughs> yeah, he, he is a Beyblade. African Beyblade. Man, that's too funny. <laughs> Where's Yakum? Mean, he's okay. he's not that bad. Like, okay, he's I feel bad in the sense that, like, okay, he played well. He helped us win a championship. That that championship run, he had. He he was playing really well. He was the second option after Kawhi, and he was scoring when we needed him to score. But like. A lot of people are kind of like shitting on him right now, and like they're giving him a lot of crap. And I'm one of those guys, but I just think you gotta let him get his confidence back. Like the bubble, like I don't like even LeBron was saying, like the bubble had a really crazy impact on mental health because like you weren't seeing your family; it was just you there in your hotel room, going to games, practices, games. Like it was just a long ass tournament in a way. So. I think Siakam's just got to bounce back in a way, and I think he just needs. I think this season will show if he can get get his offense, offensive rhythm, back again. But we'll see. I I I don't think people have to be so rude. And you know that's a whole different topic on toxicity with amongst sports fans and stuff. You know, there's no room for it, and there's yeah. clearly boundaries and lines. We'll talk yeah. about it another time, but uh. 
it's big shoes to fill for Siakam too. Like Kawhi Leonard, like, come on. Exactly. Like, there's no, you gotta be realistic Raptors fans. Like we know his role. We know so the type pressure. of player he is and we know what he needs to succeed. And they mm-hmm. don't have, they don't have that on the team right now. Um, He'll learn, you know, he's, you know, he'll learn. And I think another thing that you could say is a lot of these, the Raptors players on the team, you know, they all, they've all gotten their cash. Like they all got their new contracts. They all they re-signed or did extensions. Yep. So motivation kind of goes down once you get that guaranteed huge contract for multiple, multi-years. Um, Cause like if you're yeah. playing on like your rookie contract, you want to ball out to exactly. get that contract. You got something to prove. And plus, or it's either the money or the ring or both, but a lot of these players on the roster have money, have the contract and the ring. So it's mm-hmm. like, where's the motivation now? Exactly. And, then, and you don't have that because Kawhi comes to the team. Oh shit. we got to get our shit together. This is Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's whipping everybody into shape. He wants to win. We mm-hmm. don't have that on the team. Cause I think they're two, you know, they got Kyle Lowry as the only, you know, old, vet. you know, he's one of the best point guards in the league at what he does. Yeah, it's like um, no, like, you made a good I, point. They, they know him too well. It's not you know, it's not like mm-hmm. he's not that superstar that man's greatness. Yeah, but like I, you made a good point in the sense that the players need motivation. Um, but like I feel like with those who want to ring on the Raptors, like I don't think they just want to settle for one in that sense. Like I think they want to keep going to so. get more. But I, I agree in the sense that yeah, they got they got their money, they got the contract, they got the ring, like they they need that other external factor to just kind of push them in the right direction. Um and it's just hard to find what that's gonna be because right now it doesn't really show a lot of promise for making a deep playoff run. So they're like mm-hmm. like they just they don't know how much effort they wanna put in. But we'll see. I think every player needs to just kind of just focus on each and every game like solely on just that game and not think like a week later or the playoffs. Like I would just focus on each game coming up and just get my mind right for that. And I think if they, if they can do that and just put their, like just put one foot in front of the other, I think they can get their rhythm back and just do well. Yeah, you can't worry. Like, we didn't get Kawhi. Okay, you can't worry about it. You got to keep moving. Okay, we didn't get Giannis. Okay, well, you know, keep moving. We'll find We'll find out. And whether a trade happens this season or not, or exactly. season or off season, you know, that's that's TBD and see what Mazai is feeling like because this can change just like that, just like they mm-hmm. did with the DeMar trade. You know? Because at that time, you know, we're, we're doing good, you know, second round team, you know, we're, we're okay. We, we all knew we wouldn't be able to go far with that team. Mm-hmm. You know, which is what, what what I think now. You know, we're we'll make the playoffs, but that's about it. Then, like, all it takes is one trade. Exactly. And, you know, he traded Tamar DeRozan. Anything can happen, like you said. So I know can't put anything past his eye. And I guess you know you need that GM who's going to make that tough decision because I don't know if a lot of GMs would in any sport would trade away. You know, their face of the franchise. You know, exactly. put their several years, put everything into the into the team. It was an it's, insane trade. Like. I personally was really mad about it in the beginning because I was Me like, too. what the hell oh is he doing? I was like, DeRozan, like, he... Favorite. This is, like, the Raptors is DeRozan, you know? Like, he he put his heart and soul into the team. You tell the guy that you're not going to trade him, and then you just, you trade him for Kawhi. 
and Kawhi has been sitting out so much. Like he doesn't look Kawhi didn't look like he had any motivation to play. So I was like, yeah. is this even the best trade you want to do? And then it ended up working out in our favor. And I was like, you know what? Masai knows what he's doing. I'll respect every decision from here on out. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> he, he he has a plan. So yeah, he knows. Just trust in that. All right. So uh, sitting here, we're going to do some predictions. Um, right. I want you to give me one surprise team you think will make the playoffs for each conference and then one surprise team that you see not making the playoffs for each conference. So start with the East. What's a, what's one team that is going to, it's going to be a surprise playoff team. You know, normally doesn't make the playoffs or. I'd go with Atlanta. Predicted to Atlanta. Atlanta. They got, they got Trey young. He's balling out. He's scored. He's like, he's had so many 40 point games this season already. Um, Their offense, their offense is looking great. They got Clint Capella. He's doing amazing right now. Like I swear, he just had a game where he had twenty five and twenty five. Yeah, so he did, yeah. He was going crazy, and I they're they're a really young team too, and they're playing pretty well right now. I think they're I think they're in a playoff spot. I think they're seventh or sixth, sixth or seventh. They're, yeah, seventh, so, eight, and seven. Yeah, they're so, three games back from first. So yeah, I mean, they're they're doing well, and they're a young team. So I I I think they would surprise a lot of people, and they they'd make the playoffs. I I I would like to see Atlanta in it, and that's a good young team. And see Trey Young just go off. I love Trey Young. Um, mm-hmm. What's a, what's one team that's not going to make the playoffs? That's a that's a surprise. I mean, it'd be a surprise if Raptors don't. But mm. uh, it's tough. Like the East only has so many good teams. They have like maybe five or six great teams. So yeah. all like out of those teams, I think they're obviously going to make the playoffs, but. That's a, that's a tough question. I feel like if anyone, like, maybe, like, Miami's not doing great right now. Oh, yeah, they're in 13. Uh, yeah, they're 13. Six and so nine. I think it would be a really big surprise if Miami didn't make the playoffs. Especially uh, after their finals. <laughs> they only exactly, after a final. Finals and... But they don't have Jimmy right now. So that's a big piece. Yeah. And I think when they get him back, they'll turn things around. Hopefully, yeah, I think they can. Lots, they're not. It's you know still very early in the season. Got a lot of, lot of games left. They're only one game out of the playoffs, so mm-hmm. we shall see. All right, West, Stern. Who who's gonna make the uh, a surprise team to make the playoffs? Phoenix, easy. Phoenix is. <laughs> That's like, what Bailey said as well. They they went eight and zero in the bubble, and they missed the playoffs by like half a game that was tough so that i i was like bro they deserved it way more <laughs> like they put in so much work devin booker yeah. was balling out like yeah. it was so sick to see them play that well and like i think they're playing well this season where they like eight and seven so i think with cp3 bringing that veteran mentality and kind of having booker who's already such a great offensive threat and just having those like pieces on the court that just play their roles. I think, I think they're going to surprise the West and just slip in. Maybe, like, I think seventh or eighth slot. And they're they're in seventh now, um, four games back from first. But then Warriors are a half game behind them. Dallas is a half mm-hmm. game behind them. Spurs are half game behind them. So right. you got to hold those teams off. Especially a Dallas is going to look in is trying to. After a slow start as well, and they got Raptors. Porzingis back, so yeah, so they might put it together. And one of the teams is going to get pushed out. 
Um, I don't think it's going to be Denver. So it's going to look like Memphis, Phoenix, or Golden State. So we're yeah. uh, trying to see. It's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Then one team to not make the playoffs, so that would be a surprise. Maybe one of the teams I just mentioned. Um, to me, it would probably be a surprise if Dallas wouldn't make the playoffs. Because, I mean, they got Luka and they had Porzingis, who are really good. Porzingis brings that D. Yeah, Porzingis brings the defensive aspect, so and the offensive aspect. So I think I think they're a good team. They showed it last year in the playoffs. So I think it would be a surprise if they didn't make the playoffs this year. Um, I think they have what it takes to do well and kind of even make it past that first round. But I think every team is kind. All the good teams this year, other than like the Lakers, Clippers, and like the top two teams in the East, like. I think those teams that are usually good, they've all kind of gone off to a slowish start. Yeah, and, exactly. And like I said before, it's way too early to tell right now, and I think you just got to give it a couple more like months, maybe a few more weeks, just to really see how how good these teams are. And yeah, I think uh, the, I think these standings are gonna balance themselves out in a bit, and you'll see the mm-hmm. the better teams rise a bit and. You know, play, it'll go back to teams normal. like the Pacers go down a bit. Um, yeah, and uh, shout out Thunder and Shea. He's balling out, twenty-two mm-hmm. points per game, six assists, five rebounds. He's uh, he's doing really well. It's, Speaking it's of the it's Thunder, man, they have so many picks coming in the next few years. <laughs> so oh, I swear yeah. they have like twenty picks. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see what they're what they look like in the coming years. I think they can also they can also use that in trade packages to get um, exactly. So it's, they don't have to use every single pick. So uh, mm-hmm. see how they if they want to get you know get some get some stars on that team because it's a little it's a there's little potential there. Yeah, there's potential and build build around Shea and it's mm-hmm. like no other than Shea, no one's over thirteen point eight points per game, which is yeah. Uh, Shea's running the team right now. Dort. So and you don't as as good as Shea is. Do you want him as your you know the captain leader? Um, running the whole team at what 21 22 years old so i mean that's that's what the worst teams do when they when they go for like the number one pick like the Cavs when they drafted lebron they were going for that guy who they were going to run the offense around and like kind of carry the team and i think with shea what it's his third season now like he's shown promise every year by improving his overall stats and i think right now he's easily the go-to player on the team and i think if they're smart they'll work around him i hope they do and um hopefully this this time as the leader can you know uh progress him a bit further and, and quicker and he can mm-hmm. at a young you know mid-20s he can be uh you know he can be pretty good and we uh we love to see hamilton men uh or hamilton people succeed on the big stage that's really cool yes um, sir last thing here uh what's your finals predictions Finals predictions. Who's gonna make it? Who's gonna win? I think Lakers can go back to the finals. They they picked up some big players. They got Montrez. They got Schroeder, and they still have their old team. Um, I think Lakers can go back to the finals. And then from the East, for me personally, I think it's gonna be a battle between Brooklyn and Boston. And I think out of those two, Brooklyn will come out on top. And I think Nets or not Nets, uh, Lakers are going to go back to back. They're they're yeah, just it's, um, it's definitely the Lakers to lose. Um, so I think they only got better. 
Uh, they did. They 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 kept their team, <laughs> and then they yep. stole Montrez from the Clippers and got Schroeder, and they're just they're great. Green. Yeah. So, who's to say they? You know, who's gonna knock them off? I have no idea. Um, Milwaukee got two. Okay. Yeah. Right. Do you? I don't think we did our finals predictions. We can just do them right now if you want. Or yeah, Milwaukee's Milwaukee Lakers, Milwaukee and six. Yeah. Okay. There's there's that one. Um. Do you want Do you want a real one now? No, I'm kidding. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> No, I know that's your real one. Uh, I'll say uh, Boston and well, it's the Nets though. Nets are hard. Okay, no, I'll say Boston and and Lakers and Lakers win like in five. I'm saying Nets have like an issue with the last shot. Mm. Um, yeah, like, yeah to, that's to what I'm tie saying. Tied up, <laughs> up, they like give it to KD. Like the plan is to give it to KD, but then like who's who's their big man? DeAndre. They got Brooklyn. DeAndre, DeAndre, yeah, DeAndre, DeAndre like inbounds it to Kyrie. <laughs> Kyrie like like just lobs up a shot. Uh, DeAndre gets a rebound, kicks out to Harden. Ky- Katie's just sitting in the corner, just like waiting for the ball. Harden <laughs> jacks one up, misses, and then the big three's done, and they have no picks to show for it. So that's my that's my. <laughs> it's gonna be. We shall see. I, I don't know why Jordan's inbounding, but you know he can. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would make people. Most I'm just re- unrealistic to, part. Just trying to get, just trying to get people involved. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I don't. I, I just don't believe in the Nets. But who knows? I've been. What, what's your prediction Brady? before? Very said it. Boston and Lakers in five. Okay. Lakers in five. Lakers in five. I think. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think. I, I think Lakers seeing, run it back. I wouldn't mind seeing LeBron take a real shot at getting uh, Jordan's legacy. Because right now I don't not to get into this whole debate because you know we got we gotta wrap this up but that's a whole other podcast I right think <laughs> main beer part I, two I think it's well man it's gonna be Veer and Veer and Bailey when they get together uh, yeah. we talked to Bailey about it we're uh we'll have you on and a big part of that's just gonna be MJ and LeBron but yeah. I think I think MJ has it right now of course and the ring discussion alone and mm-hmm. i saw i saw a stat the other day it said a, uh, it it had what separates the two and the difference between them is an entire hall of fame career by itself like the amount of points and rings and all blah 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 team like everything mm-hmm. so obviously lebron you saw his years to play and um will end up being more seasons than jordan so you can also fact people are going to say that like oh he had more seasons to do it and his finals record but then who did lebron take to the finals that's you know way worse team with the Cavs, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, there's too many he points can, he to be made. If he can win another one this year, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And he's yeah. still looking dominant. Like, he's in the MVP discussion for sure. Oh, so for sure, man. He's not He's not slowing down, and he's having fun too. So it's yeah, it's cool to see. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think I, like LeBron, um, so. I think for LeBron to really compete with Jordan, though, like, we're, we're, well, again, this is Man Beer and Mr. Bailey episode two um but he needs seven i don't think six is enough i think he needs seven he needs to be better not as good he needs to have more than jordan to really get his argument through the door but if we were talking about just the number of rings in general then like i don't know if you guys know who bill russell is this guy is 11 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah exactly so if we're talking yeah. about rings in general then bill russell is obviously like the goat whatever but i just think because jordan you know two three peats had six finals mvps like yeah. how 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 are you gonna compare to that? Like I don't know, he's just it's just, it's, it's and it's just two different stories. Like you know, LeBron he left you know three different teams and all that, but and then Jordan stuck with his team, but they were able to build a super good team, well coached, and you know mm-hmm. it's just it's it's and he took the two years off in the middle, so it, it's hard to 
really hard to compare and i that's why i'm not a fan of the comparison at all but we gotta like I, I chill also, out but uh... I did just have to quickly bring this up because you said 11. He actually won two as a coach as well. So uh, Bill Russell has 13 rings in total. Yeah, there you go. So, but he's just. And he also out. never averaged more than 20 points in a season. So fun wow. fact there. Wow. I, um, I, I remember, I, yeah, I, I don't know why I know that much about Bill Russell, but like I just, <laughs> I, I obviously just quickly fact checked it, but I, I, I'm, uh, you know, we out here, we out here with our basketball knowledge. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll, that'll be a good discussion. Uh, that'll be when nice the career, when the careers are over. But yeah, yeah in the yeah. summer, summertime, we're gonna get Bailey and Manvier in the pot in the in the room. If you're sticking around, maybe I don't know if you leave for school or not. Country. If you're in the country, the uh, summer, I'm gonna be know. heading out in April. We'll see when I'm back. April. But even if I'm out there, we'll we'll get it done. We can have, we, we can we can have Bailey in the in the room and call have you call in something like that. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by, Chef Veer. Everybody, um, great episode. Um, do we want to do we want to end this with like putting Veer through the gauntlet of questions? Do we want to do that or? Whoa, 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 do, you, do, you, do you have them? Do you have them? Yeah, I, I can pull them up. Veer, they're just like fun. They're like just fun, quick like interview questions. All right. Yeah. Um, do, uh, just give me one sec. We we did not plan for this. This is just something I I am. Uh... <laughs> I'm nervous. I'll search it in oh. the messages and then you can pull it up. I don't know. Not that you don't have uh, I have it. I have it here. I have it here. I, I can just. Uh... Um, oh fuck! I, I can pull it up. I'm just not clutch here. I'm not. I'm not copying. Come on, come on, fast, fast, fast! No, I'll find it. It's okay. Uh, Brady, I I just texted it. It's in. It's in okay. the case punk uh, text okay. group chat. Uh, you and I can just alternate on the questions. So you can go first. I uh, well. Oh. They're they're definitely for Mitch, but uh, I just added them a little bit, I guess uh okay well okay um <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm just throwing brady on the spot too i'm trying to think so of two Veer, players <laughs> Veer, these are these are just like just answer them as quick as you can like it's not they're just like stupid questions more more of anything all right all right i'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go brady i'll take the i'll take the first okay. one then okay um, who has been uh well actually who who was the better player for the for the raptors damar or kyle lowry Tomorrow. Okay. As a kid, what did you want to be growing up? Basketball player. You can't say basketball player. You can't say basketball <laughs> can't player. can't say basketball player. Um, if you weren't going to be a basketball player. I want to be a sports doctor. Wow. Well, you're, you're on path. You're on, you're on your way to it. Um, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth, bro. Come on. Come on. Crunchy peanut butter isn't peanut butter. That's a whole other. Yes, it is. It's peanuts in it. Hey, we'll have a whole episode on that if you want. Oh, my God. I don't like this anymore. We'll have a whole episode on that, all right? I'll talk 45 minutes about how crunchy peanut butter ain't peanut butter. And I will talk right back. I'm crunchy peanut butter gang, baby. With peanuts in it. Anyways, what's your favorite movie of all time? Ooh, probably The Dark Knight crazy movie that's a great one i think that's that's ryan's right it's it's one of my favorites what about coach carter come on yeah it's not my favorite of all time it's 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 a good movie but not my favorite of all time dark knight is just fair enough all right all right if you have a stack of pancakes so you have like three pancakes like just stacked on top of each other do you eat them as a stack or do you separate them and eat them individually uh individually 
Yeah, that's that the weird? correct answer. Oh, okay, one, one right. Wow. One right answer. <laughs> yeah, that's your first right answer. Um, what's the biggest animal you could take in a fight? A lion. Just, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I don't <And> know. Win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bro, what? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. You gotta a uh, dog. I think we've had what? Yeah, okay, that's fair. Dog? Um. What have we had? Uh, We've had sloth, cat, jaguar, T Rex. Jaguar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Caleb. It, it, it's Caleb. That's just that, that's 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 all, that's all you need to hear. Um, <laughs> so many. What is man. your What is your favorite gym that you've ever played in? My favorite gym that I ever played in. Yeah. Westmount. Westmount. Ooh. Westmount has a nice gym. There you go. All right, Brady. You can have dinner with one actor or actress. Who is it? That's tough. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, Throck. Ooh. Ooh, that's a I really love, good one. I love The Rock. Jeez. I feel like good he's one. just he's a funny guy. He's got some knowledge. Be a good dinner. Knowledge. Yeah. All right, and the last one here. If you could add one skill set from one player to your current game uh what would it be so like curry shooting uh westbrook speed or like finishing ability john wall speed like what would you add i would do i would do Kyrie's finishing he can okay. he can score any which way under the basket yeah. so i'd add that to my game he's, nice. he's, he's quite the uh yeah quite the finisher all We're right happy. Thank you for coming on. That was a great, great episode. Um, really compliments Bailey's, I think. So yeah. we'll um, keep in touch. We'll have you for back sure. on someday with with Bailey. We'll have a little collab there. And uh, looking forward. To you. Yeah. No, thanks, thanks for, for having me, boys. I liked it. Great discussion. Yeah, sure. it was fantastic. You did fantastic, beer. We'll have you on again soon. Sounds good, boys. Looking forward to All it. Right. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers. All right, and since Brady forgot to put in the outro that you guys all know and love, may your punts be high and down inside the 10. See ya, boys. Go Panthers and Penguins and Bucks.